Welcome to episode 59 of the Water Cooler Podcast. My name is Marley Silverbrand, as always, and today I'm joined by two really great human beings. I met them on TikTok. We like to talk about television, film, just pretty much everything in general, community, the good place. Maria and Michael, welcome to the Water Cooler Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. I was trying to let um, Maria go first for some reason. Oh. Doing pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks for having us. (laughs) Do you want to just uh, promote your like your TikTok accounts, like where people kind of like follow you? Just because this is going to be a pretty long episode for everyone. We're we're basically going to be talking about our top ten favorite sitcoms. But uh, Maria, where can people find you? Uh, Like online? Oh yeah, so I'm only creating on TikTok at the moment. My username is Call Me by the Same Maria. I'm pretty new to the content creating game. I basically just love TV shows. I can not stop talking about them. So TikTok was like my perfect outlet. So my friends and family wouldn't have to listen to me just like say random thoughts about TV shows all the time. So if you want to follow my content, TikTok will be the best way to find me. So I do basically any type of sitcom, Marvel television, some movies. And I go into a lot of random theories, but simple people seem to be into it. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. (laughs) Sorry about that. I I was going to say I could have given a pretty similar intro. You can find me at michael.goyado on TikTok. And pretty much it. That's it. Or or Twitter. And same deal. Talk a lot about television. I never know when I'm going to be serious or I'm going to attempt to do humor. But um, it's fun to figure it out when I wake up every day. Yeah, I enjoy following both of you guys just because, like, I I love TV and I just love talking about it. And just like, I decided to get you both on because and talk about like our top ten favorite sitcoms because it's like that's the only thing. It's it's almost like the only thing that we talk about like on TikTok. So why not bring it to another medium, the podcast form? So I I guess without further ado, let's get into our top tens. Uh, Maria, do you want to kick us off with number ten? For sure. So I have to just put this show on here because of like what the cultural impact, but The Office is on my list. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys agree or not agree at whatever your thoughts are, but The Office just kind of basically changed the modern sitcom like format and it took away from the laugh track, the whole deadpan comedy, the whole workplace environment just and how awkward it can be, but also how like touching and how much of a family it was. It, is how The Office is the one that kind of re- like renovated how we looked at sitcoms. So The Office is on my list. If I could confess a very cardinal sin, I've never watched The Office. Like I maybe watched <gasps> half an episode. Get off this I podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Has> it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I we're gonna start. Someone who hasn't watched The Office. <laughs> I mean, I've seen clips, and it's funny because people keep asking me to talk about The Office on TikTok. I'm like, I'm, I can't, I can't talk about it. How can I talk about something I've never seen? No, I, I, I totally, I, I could feel your sentiment a little bit, Michael, just because, like, I, I honestly think that 
people don't really watch The Office anymore. They just kind of like, mm-hmm. it's just like, well, when it was on Netflix, it was just kind of there. And I yeah. feel like I feel like The Office made my list too. It's actually my number 10 as well. Is that The Office changed the game, like like you said, Maria, like with no laugh track and like the whole family aspect. But <laughs> even in today's day and age, The Office kind of changed the way sitcoms like are, are exactly. even watched. And I think that that in itself was a reason for it to be number 10 on my list. Not my favorite sitcom. Oh, oh yeah. But it's, I feel like it's broke grounds in so many ways. And I'm glad you brought that up, Molly, because I was nervous to put it on my list because unfortunately it didn't age well. So I have like this little caveat of like this asterisk that though The Office is on my list, I can't rewatch it as much. I probably haven't rewatched it in years because it just, it doesn't sit as well with me as I, when it first came out. So I don't blame you for not wanting to watch it, Michael, because I, I wouldn't recommend anyone to rewatch it now. It's a, it just wouldn't hold the same way as it did before. I mean, I'm not against The Office, you know. It's just something I haven't picked up. Um, but I, I do agree with you guys um, that it probably should make the list, especially because I feel like everyone and their mother has watched it. And there are so many references pretty much in everyday life that someone brings mm-hmm. up where I go, I know that's from The Office. I haven't watched it, but I know what you did there. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I also have come committed a sitcom cardinal sin, which is that I've never actually committed to watching Seinfeld. So... Well, no, no, I'm yeah. definitely exiting. Yeah, I, gotta, I gotta go. I, I, I feel like I should leave now. <laughs> well, uh, Maria, I'll save you right there. You have the opportunity because Seinfeld is available on Netflix for everyone. So I know, and I have watched episodes. I know clips. I know the references, just like Michael said. It's just that it's a long show. <laughs> I like to watch all the seasons. I'm like, uh, I have to be really in the '90s kind of mood to watch it. Right, and like I feel like not to get us get us on a tangent, but I feel like Seinfeld. As like you said, Maria, the office hasn't aged very well. I feel like Seinfeld, like I can watch an episode like here and there. Yeah, some of the jokes aren't really they aren't really meant for today's day and age, but they're still funny. And it's like it kind of shows that it can uh, survive the, the test of time. It holds true. Mm-hmm. Okay, that actually kind of sells it to me more than um, other people have. So I'll consider it more now that you said it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's funny that the office is on our list, too, is that <laughs> with with like COVID-19 and like the pandemic, no one's really working in an office. So it, uh-huh. it, makes, it makes me wonder like in like, the, <laughs> it makes me wonder in like the next five or 10 years, the office is going to be like on Peacock or like Netflix. And some kid is going to be like, what What are they doing? Like, isn't it? So <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. The all like Zoom that, right? reboot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. Don't say that's probably going to happen. <laughs> trademark. Trademark. <laughs> let's yeah. let's get that let's get the money where we can. That's us. No yeah. one else can yeah. take that from us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh but yeah. So Maria, the those are the office was our number ten. Michael, what's your number? Yeah, I would say number ten for sure. What, what's well, your number ten? I didn't rank because I'm bad at doing my homework for podcasts apparently. But <laughs> since we're talking about Seinfeld, I mean I might as well keep the conversation going. Seinfeld is definitely in my top ten. Just one of those shows that in my opinion, like Marley said, stands the test of time. I feel like those jokes are timeless, even though they're also a product of their time. Practically every day, I can think of a reference for Seinfeld, or I'm quoting it, which makes me a great conversationalist, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's just one of those things where I find it really relatable, even in 2021. There's always something that comes up, like the close talker, or double dipping the chip, or the fact that someone might look different in different types of lighting. I don't know. Anything about Seinfeld still feels very timeless um to me and it makes me it makes me wonder like when i'm 
when I mentioned that Seinfeld is available on Netflix, like for everyone, like all the seasons, it, like the office kind of had like its rebirth, like, like on Netflix, mm-hmm. I would be very interested to see like, like in the next few months to see if like Seinfeld has like kind of discovered like that new audience. The second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Did it just come on Netflix? Because I feel like I haven't seen it. I didn't know it was on Netflix. I think it's like, a, I think it came on Netflix like a month ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is just incredible that freaking Netflix is this just library of just every, all things media. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, Michael, that's a, that's a great pick, Seinfeld. Uh, but mm-hmm. I will. I, oh, and I agree. I haven't seen it, but I agree with you guys because I know that Seinfeld has like such a big. um part in the sitcom universe mm-hmm. uh, it does and even the way that like it's structured where you know that we've even coined the term Seinfeldian right where yeah. the way that something just comes back in a storyline um, feels so unique to the show and I guess curb your enthusiasm as well yeah I was just going to think curb as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which I'm just looking at my list now I don't have curb anywhere on Interesting. I uh, thought if I put Seinfeld and Curb together, it would be a lot of Larry David. All that. Yeah. I chose yeah, one or the other. It would just be a top ten list of Larry David. Top. <laughs> yeah. Larry David. What other Larry David can I choose? Yeah. 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 But uh, but yeah, that's a that's a great number ten, Michael. So I guess so. My number nine is actually going to be Arrested Development. Oh, good. Okay. Great choice. Great choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sweet view. I feel like the, really sweet on that. <laughs> I feel like this entire podcast is going to be like, okay, uh, we're still friends with Marley. We're still friends with Marley. <laughs> 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 we're like, we're like, like are secretly like screening each other. Yeah. Right. I love Arrested Development, even though the reboot that came out on Netflix. Is, we don't talk about the no, reboot. No. We don't talk about that. I didn't yeah. watch that final season. Are you saying? I know that there was a. a like a fourth season, right? There was also a fifth season. There's a more than four, right? Because arrest. I think there's a few seasons that Netflix created. I think it's season four, and then since season four was so bad, they like recut it. Where they? Oh, they did. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I season four. Um, I never went back after season four. So me neither. Me neither. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was nice that like when that first came out, I was like totally into it. And I under cool. like I was like I haven't seen Arrested Development in like a really long time, and I was binge watching mm-hmm. it on Netflix. And then I was I was totally into the first two episodes, and then I understand they couldn't get everyone at the same time. Like I know that was a really like time like right. like it, it it was really hard like production for them. But if it's really hard production, just don't create like the fourth season. Like it like yeah. we'll get into it later with another show that I don't really want to bring up. Yeah, right now. as I have a few uh, other shows on my mind with that. So, uh, <laughs> but but without the fourth season, I feel like Arrested Development was like that. The Office kind of had like that documentary style like comedy. Arrested Development like really started that, and I uh, mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. There's so many jokes that I can just reference on a, on a day to day basis. The rest I think of it. Arrested Development is like peak comedy. I think like comedy does not get any better than Arrested Development. It's one of the funniest shows like mm-hmm. and Jason probably Bateman. that's existed. Jason Bateman yeah. probably the best straight man ever, like to play in a, like a comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everything back to are so great. <laughs> The third yeah. thing, I'm terrible at the three-person podcast, apparently. Oh, yeah, sorry, same with me. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I was just going to say, not to relate everything to Seinfeld, but it does, Arrested Development really does remind me of, like, Seinfeld on steroids. There's the way that everything connects together. I mean, I don't think we owe, like, Seinfeld anything because, like, we don't owe Seinfeld much 
because of the development of Arrested Development, if I can even make a sentence. Mm-hmm. But what I mean to say is that Arrested <laughs> Development is so unique, but there is that sort of like the way all those storylines tie in together. And the fact that there are five jokes a second that you have to rewatch it like twice or thrice mm-hmm. over to catch it all. Just one of those things. It's like a show that's smarter than you, but you enjoy the fact that it's smarter than you. And going, sorry, um, just to say that I'm glad that you brought it back to Seinfeld because there's another show on my list I'm going to bring back to Seinfeld that I saw from a TikTok. But don't worry, I think Seinfeld is going to come up a lot in our sitcom talk. So never apologize for that. Yeah, exactly. But the to add on to like what you were saying, Michael, is that like the show is like wants to be smarter than the audience is that Arrested Development, I feel like was that first sitcom that I started watching consistently that had like a joke in season one and they kept it going throughout throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the seasons and throughout the episodes. The callback. Yeah, and I absolutely mm-hmm. I absolutely love just like like a show that can do that. And I, I know, same. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Arrested Development also brings up the whole like my I just am having like a very strong feeling about reboots when it comes to shows, especially these sitcoms. And I think Arrested Development is what like paved the way of me not Whenever a show gets canceled early, I'm like, yes, it was very painful, but I'd rather it end on that note than it be rebooted because of what they did to Arrested Development. So Interesting. I know that, well, I'm assuming that one of you will have How I Met Your Mother on this list. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested to know your thoughts on the reboot, but I don't want to jump ahead. So I took How I Met Your Mother off my list for this reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> after this week of thinking about it, I'm just like, you know what? I don't know if I can actually put it on there compared to the rest of the shows on my list. So... Uh, but we can talk about How I Met Your Mother because I can always talk about How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> I, I will say it's on one of our lists. So. Okay. Good, good, <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling. <laughs> because I did the same thing. I had How I Met Your Mother on. I was like, is it really in my top 10? Mm-hmm. I think Marley and Maria will actually have it on their list. Yeah. yeah. Right. Leave that off. Right. Uh, but Maria, what's your number nine? Mm-hmm. All right. So I might be alone on this one, but 30 Rock. I don't know if you guys watched it. You're mm. not alone. You're not okay. alone. <laughs> but... Okay, good. Because I, I remember 30 Rock. It, I had those clip moments. I don't know how to, there's probably a proper term for it, but the whole like, it not only brought jokes back, but they also were able to like show the clip of what they were talking about and reference humor. Yeah. So um, I also remember that it was part of the like NBC Thursday night lineup with Office, 30 Rock, I think Community, mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. So those four shows are kind of special to me. So 30 Rock, had to be on my list somewhere. So it's number nine for me, I think. I know it's a top 10 list and it's kind of ar- an arbitrary top 10 list where the rankings don't really matter. But <laughs> that's pretty low for 30 Rock, I think. That's fair. I think it's because like the other, the newer shows have been, ugh, just have a special pace in my heart compared to it now. Mm-hmm. So that's why. Um, because like, I, I think I got more into the character development with sitcoms more. And I feel like 30 Rock just, could have done a little bit better with that the time. Yeah, and I feel like 30 Rock kind of, if you're not like a fan like of SNL, I feel like 30 Rock, it could be really hard to get into. Like, it's it's appealing to a certain audience, and it, it's doing that well, but but yeah. I'm assuming we're an SNL-loving art, um, group of people, though. Uh, of course. I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I like SNL. I respect them. There's, I think to this day, some of their jokes, not really the best, but, but yeah, 
I'm just gonna stop talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that, like, when I wrote down my list, Thirty Rock was placed at number three. But since we're talking about it, um, just one of those shows that, like, honestly made me laugh probably the most per minute per capita mm-hmm. than okay. probably any, <laughs> than any other any other show on this list. And I think, honestly, not to make like these wild accusations, but I think a lot of shows owe a lot to Thirty Rock. I mean, they it inspired a cavalcade of what I call like joke machine sitcoms where it's just joke, joke, joke right after the other. Um, off the top of my head, I can think of things like happy endings or broad city or maybe mm-hmm. even Brooklyn nine, nine, those shows where it's just like very fast paced humor. I think sort of were inspired by, by 30 rock. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I com- I completely agree with that too. And I will have, to, I will just say, uh, 30 Rock is at number three for me as well. So, oh man, okay. When we when we get around to that, we'll just we'll just remind <laughs> listeners. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I also really like that 30 Rock had very silly characters. Yes. And, yeah. Just uh, I remember like the doctor, what I forget what his name was, but um, Doctor Spachano played him. Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but just every character, like even like the side characters, were just so silly and so animated, and I really like that other shows started to have like even if the main audience was funny their side characters were also like Brooklyn Nine-Nine was a great example that like their side references and you like witness they come in they're also like a character in themselves so I, I think my favorite moment from 30 Rock it, like I to this day I still cannot pronounce the rural juror <laughs> 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 I like, I like, I don't, I, I, when that episode was airing, I was just like, this is dumb. This is dumb humor, but I love it. Like, it's, like, I want to, I, oh, yeah. I want to meet the person that wrote, like, that, uh, that screenplay just because I want to know their thought process behind, like, Jenna just auditioning for yeah. a, that film and stuff. It's, yeah, it was top notch humor right there. Yeah. It's and great. the show gave us Donald Glover. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Donald Glover's mom gave us Donald Glover, but you know what yeah. I mean. He got he got well, his break on Thirty Rock if as he, a writer. So, if, if uh-huh. you, since you mentioned Donald Glover, if we're kind of bringing, <laughs> yeah, we might as well just get into if, it. If you were bringing, if you're bringing up like, oh, uh, he first appeared on Thirty Rock, and Thirty Rock gave us Donald Glover. Uh, technically, Derek Comedy did on YouTube. Oh yeah, fair. Yeah, but okay, All but right. but just saying, if we're gonna play like. Who loves Donald Glover the most? Like on this podcast, if it makes you feel better. If it makes you feel better, Michael. I did a whole like TikTok about this, and I got so much hate for not bringing up Derek Comedy because <laughs> I watched Thirty Rock before I watched Derek Comedy, and I got so many people being like, "Um, excuse me." <laughs> so I'm I sorry, I've got to get on the up and up. Um, yeah. we're gonna have to record this whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a. It's funny that someone like Donald Glover has like such a big fan base, and he does so many things. And someone can bring up one thing that they saw them first in, and they're like, "Actually, no, it's great." But, but yeah, Thirty Rock is your number nine. Let's just say it's on my list because now I feel oh. bad <laughs> such a low number. <laughs> right, Michael, what's your what's your number nine? Like I said, my list is all out of order, and I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a wrench into things. But uh, at this number nine, I'm gonna say Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Oh wow! Which Whoa. Is, Whoa. I know. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, just one of those things that I actually haven't watched since it first uh, premiered, but um, a show that really sticks with me, honestly, because of the fact. I mean, I'm. I don't want to make assumptions again because who knows? Derek comedy and the fact that 
I don't know what's going on, but um, definitely watched Scooby Doo growing up a lot. Um, all every iteration of Scooby Doo, and growing up, I really liked it. But I always thought nobody come after me that the that the show was a little bland, honestly. And then when I watched Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated, it just felt like everything I wanted out of Scooby Doo initially it had all these wacky characters, um, these incredible inside jokes, and this like season long and also series long mystery that I found to be quite great. And I know that you guys know that I love Only Murders in the Building. Mm -hmm. Um, And I trace it back to like, I feel like Scooby-Doo is like the first incarnation of what Only Murders in the Building could have been, if that makes any sense. I don't know. I really like the show. I think it's a good time. I try to recommend it as often as I can. I've never actually seen it. I know. I know. I know it's going to be one of those situations. The, I should have listened to your mother in this it. list. Michael, <laughs> Michael with the right hook. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, I love it's it. It's bold, though. I like that. Yeah. The, uh, I had, to, had to include it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a great pick. I'm kind of lost for words after that, but. <laughs> so. Yeah. I haven't seen Only Murders yet either. I watched like the first episode and I really liked it, but I haven't had a chance to go back to it. So. Um. Michael's just going to watch two shows now. I have like a I, whole list of shows I want to watch now because of this. Right. I'll reserve Ma- Michael's just going to leave. He's going to leave. I know. I'm saying so many wrong things. <laughs> uh, I'm learning so much about the both of you. Right. Yeah, I know. Same. <laughs> hey, we, we, we both like only murders in the building. We just yeah. haven't good, had good, time. Good. So. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it. It seems very good. I just haven't had the time to get to it. Right. But yeah, uh, I guess I'll get into my number eight. I I kind of struggled with this one a little bit just because there are so many sitcoms like that I could put on this list but um the one that kept going I kept going back to and I understand it's pretty problematic but uh I absolutely love the league just because Oh okay. I th- the league uh, nice. aired on FX and it basically mm-hmm. is just like a sitcom about guys playing fantasy football and i for someone that doesn't like football at all i like i th- this show was hilarious to me yeah i really <laughs> actually watched it a lot too back in the day yeah um and that's yeah it's fair <laughs> yeah it's it, i don't know it was just something such a weird concept for like a show it's something that's like something is so boring as fantasy football at least like for me i think it's boring and they're able to make that entertaining with like it's just like people like doing like these weird trades and like these these jokes that probably I don't get but someone who watches football probably gets but I'm still laughing at it I find that so they were able to make fantasy football like relatable to me and stuff like that and uh, I think like that's why the league made my list so um I, I think like I haven't rewatched it in a very long time so I can't but I remember it being really really funny when I did watch it I do so like remember certain things about the show that like Rafi is just such a character and I still remember things. And I know people quote him still, but I was going to say, I think that that's like the birth of a lot of great comedians, just like how 30 Rock gave us Donald Glover. Um, the league gave us Jason and took us in all his insanity in all the other shows. Mm-hmm. And it gave us Nick Kroll. It also gave us like, actually I'm just going to look up the cast because there's a lot of great people that started off with the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've actually never watched it, and I may or may not have been Googling it as you guys were. <laughs> it. Yeah, there's a lot of great people in it. I've, I've never watched the show, but it sounds good. Yeah, it's... It's one of those sitcoms, too, that, like, unfortunately, I, we, I don't know if it aged well. I haven't rewatched, like I said, I haven't rewatched it, but that's one of the 
my worries about this making this list was like, ah, though I love this show when it came out, I can't rewatch it as much because of how it's aged. And I wasn't, I haven't rewatched it for a while, Marley, so you can say this better, but I'm not sure how it would hold up now. Yeah, it, I don't think it really holds up much. Like just the way the, the just the way the NFL is being perceived in like the media and just like mm-hmm. and just an all white cast too pretty much yeah. like it's like it like that's also problematic but I still love it and like I can still watch like one or two episodes like here and there but it's not something that I can like like rewatch like daily like some other shows on this list but but yeah but it, the league the league's my number eight so as long as we're confessing sins still. I have to say, I almost never really rewatch shows. Um, and I just wanted to put that out there. I wanted people to know that mm-hmm. <laughs> about me. I just think that, like, you know, in terms of, uh, like, what makes a show good or not, rewatchability mm-hmm. usually isn't a factor for mm-hmm. me because a lot of shows are made, you know, in the time they're made. And not all shows mm-hmm. have to be timeless. So if the league was good when you watched it, I think that, I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that because I feel like the whole rewatchable appeal is only, it's it's hard to hold up for every show because not yeah. every show can be rewatchable. And if it's good in the moment, that also says a lot about the show because yeah. certain shows aren't rewatchable, but that doesn't make them any less better. So mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Right. I personally just like to rewatch shows a lot because I have a really bad anxiety. So <laughs> I like to know what's happening. Oh, I guess that. So I, yeah. So I, that's why I have to have a show replaying at all times. So that's just like a little quirk about me. Well, those are your comfort shows. So. Yes, yes, they are. I have a lot of comfort <laughs> yes, shows. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole uh, other podcast. Right. Oh, yeah, it is. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to come up soon, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but Maria, what's your uh, what's your number eight? Okay, so I'm going to get out of numbers now because this is the part where, like, I couldn't really... Um, mm-hmm. I just want to put it out there just because, like, you know, Michael put out a wrench. I really want to put Shit's Creek on my list because... Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I love that show so yeah. much. I think the reason this is what I was talking about the whole character development thing. I really like that in our modern day of television, the relationship it went from like cute um, situations in uh, the office to relationships. Now it's about like character development and actually growing as mm-hmm. the character. So seeing how all the characters of Shit's Creek were put in the situation and then what they went through in that situation, how they grew as people, and what their ending was. I just I love that the show focused on that. I kind of I thought it was going to be like a rest of development where it would just be really funny character like a very rich family in a very funny situation but then they took it a step further by changing and growing as people and I think that it's like the new age of sitcom is bringing to their shows mm-hmm. uh, you see it in a lot of other television shows I'll probably bring up later but Schitt's Creek really um, did the, one of the best jobs on it it's also one of the shows that had a great series finale which is always hard to find in some most shows so i really like that it not only lived up to its hype but it actually like had a complete story and ended on a good note okay so maria that's that was really beautiful really beautiful like (laughs) way to put it the way uh, like the way you love like schitt's creek i will admit i have watched the first episode the first season like i don't know how many times at this point and i just can't i can't get into it everyone that I come in contact with or, or, or talk to like on the internet, they tell me to watch Shit's Creek because they say I'm going to love it. And every single time I like, I try and watch it. it I, like, it, it's just not for me. There's something. I'm going to say what they probably said after, which was like, you have to give it till season two, which I hate you when do. people tell me that too. 
But like, I get it. I get it. So that's why I'm going to take an offense to that because it's like, I've been there. I hate when people are like, no, you have to give it three seasons before it gets good. But Shit's Creek gets better in season two, I promise. (laughs) It does. Everyone that I know that sticks out after, sticks with it after season one, and I would even say even through season two, goes, Mm -hmm. you know what? It's pretty good. I had a coworker who was like, this comedy's not for me, but then started watching season three and was like, it's great, and finished it all in a week. Same thing happened with my sister. Just, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to just, I'm going to be able to binge Shit's Creek, but I don't know. There's something about, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one. Brace, brace yourself, strap in. But it, there's something about Eugene Levy, like his comedy. It's just, it's just not for me. And I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's, I'm going to. No, it's fair. It's very yeah. fair. It, it, I don't know. It's just, I feel kind of like the odd one out a little bit because everyone loves the show so much. Like it swept at the Emmys and I just, I don't know. It's just, for some reason, it's just not for me. Like, maybe I'll try and push myself to watch until season two and see if it gets better. Maybe that's a challenge I'll have for myself, but. And um, like Michael was saying, there's sometimes a personal matter when it comes to these shows, because like a lot of these shows are comfort shows. And for me, I think Schitt's Creek was mostly because of the whole character development angle. So like if comedy wise, I I don't think I judged it based just off the comedy. I definitely got more like, emotionally invested in the show so it's very fair that like take all the time you want to watch it i know that's something that i personally look for in a show so it's very fair <laughs> that yeah and not to spoil this list but i'm assuming there might be a certain show on maria's list about being a good person and that's sort of what shit's <laughs> creepy <No way. laughs> that's, sure? <laughs> that's sort of what <laughs> I can't believe you thought of that. <laughs> um, that's sort of what Shit's Creek is like, right? It's yeah. people who are trying to, maybe not in the beginning, but then later try to become good people or try to be kind. And there's a lot of, there's like a wave of comedy like that that I personally enjoy as well, where there's just a lot of joy in it, sort of like mm-hmm. Shit's Creek or The Good Place, Parks and Recreation, Ted Lasso, this, Ted Lasso brand, yeah. this brand of comedy where it's just about kindness and niceness which you don't get a lot of in television and in real life. So it's nice to escape into. And I feel like television is moving towards that. Like they're trying to like appeal to that uh, niche maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I will admit that me uh, brought up Ted Lasso. Like I can't, I haven't watched the past the second episode of the first season. It's This th- is one where I say you got to <laughs> watch the first four episodes. Get to the fifth episode. Um, okay. And I haven't watched the second season. But oh god, uh, you gotta watch first... the second season. It's so good. I, I, I watched will, it. I, will, I, I watched the whole series in two days. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Um, it's not on my it list was... though because um it hasn't ended yet, so I was like nervous to put it on my list. For but me, Ted Lasso. It was Lasso's close. Was... I was thinking about it. Right. Uh-huh. Ted Lasso is uh-huh. one of those things where uh-huh. it's not the the humor; it's like the goodness of the characters, and it just yeah. sort of moves you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I was not like laughing out loud, but um, I was I cared very deeply for the characters. Uh, it's a good giggle. Yeah, yeah I think the thing with I think I think the thing with Ted Lasso, and I've actually made a TikTok about this, is that I, I think I did, but um, is is that there's just so much good TV out right now. Yeah. Like Ted Lasso is just adding to the list, and I'm just like, oh man, True. I'm getting a little overwhelmed. <laughs> oh no, it's very fair. That's why I miss murders and. Um... Yeah. What's it called? Yeah. And the hotel. No, only, murders are, <laughs> only murders in the building. <laughs> the murder one. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like every day a show gets canceled and I go, that's a show? 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. This podcast is off the rails already. Yeah. <laughs> it's- I apologize. No, it's it's cool. It's cool. I love yeah. it. Uh, but uh, what's what's your next uh, show, Michael? I'm gonna rein it in um, and not do what's actually at my next and try to say something normal. My next show is Silicon Valley, um, and I don't think many people would put this in their top ten, but it's a show where I honestly laughed very hard at every episode, and I also very much cared for the success of the characters, which doesn't happen very often, but it's just one of those things where the tension of them finally getting their company off the ground really uh, struck a chord with me, and I watched it live throughout five or six years. The ending, not my favorite. I'll say that. Probably realistic, but I wish they would have just given the audience everything that they wanted. But yeah, I just loved it. I thought it was well-paced, very fast, in a good way, very funny. And I think they did the the whole caring for the characters thing quite well. I, I actually watched the first season of Silicon Valley, and I, relati- and, and I relatively liked it, and I love Camille Nanjani, I think. Uh, yeah. Eternals, mm-hmm. Eternals is out in a few months. Next month, I think. Go Kamel. Like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, two weeks. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I might be counting down. I don't know. Don't worry about that. Yeah. During a pandemic, it's it's either yeah. two weeks or two years. Who knows? Yeah, two years, t- uh, twenty years. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I love the first season. I haven't really gotten around to watching any more of it just because it's like I don't want the show to end. I kind of have like. That, like that's I love to hear that. That's another problem I have. I don't want like I don't want <laughs> oh, shows, I don't want shows to end, but I also want them to end correctly, which we'll get into another show. Well, mm. why I feel mm. like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I know the show you're talking about. <laughs> which show? Which show? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you guys are definitely gonna kick me out. I've never even tried to watch it. So that's fair. Yeah. This is a safe I know it's, it was one of those things that like missed my list because so much TV was out. I think I was watching Veep and trying to catch up with that. So uh, it Silicon Valley just like slipped through the cracks for me. It's a really, I'm, I think I hope people understand what I mean when I say this. A very like broy show, and not a show that I would have expected like Michael Schur to be involved with. But oh yeah, he's in it. Wow, you love that. Um, so, but I love it. Um, I think it's great. I know, like, uh, we already talked about how shows, like, don't age very well, but that it shouldn't really matter how well they age. I would be interested to have someone, like, watch, like, Silicon Valley now with, like, the state of, like, the, the tech world and stuff like that, like, with Facebook. Or even if, like, Silicon Valley were to come back, would they would have addressed, like, with, like, the Facebook outage. Like... Like how, like if they would have an episode about that, I think that would have been really great. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I haven't watched the show, so I don't know. But it, I always would like we talked about the office coming back with the Zoom meeting. I think Silicon Valley would it would be very interesting to watch in today's day and time, mm-hmm. especially yeah. with how things are this this past few years. So I haven't watched all of Mythic Quest, but oh, yeah. uh, well, but they show. they did that Zoom episode. I know I haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet, and I think Mythic Quest is the current iteration of like Silicon Valley. So oh really? Okay, yeah, that I feel like it's it very... me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm really glad you brought up Mythic Quest because that's yeah. one of my favorite shows. Like, yeah, that's really? going on yeah. today. It's it's so great, and they're they're the Zoom episode, the quarantine episode was so well done, and the thing that 
I love about that episode is that every other sitcom like during the pandemic kind of had like their own little Zoom episode, but it was like separate. The thing about mm. Mythic Quest was that it actually was connected into the season and like it actually made it made sense. Like mm. like for like I understand like Parks and Rec like did their Zoom and Parks and Rec has already been off the air. But mm-hmm. in in my opinion, like you don't really need to like I I don't know. It's like if you're not gonna bring the show back, like I don't like don't tease me. Don't tease me with that. But I love that Mythic Quest like tied it into their existing storyline. I think I think and they did a really creative job with it. Like I love uh, Mythic Quest is a great example of like really funny comedy, really good like high stakes adventures and like a sitcom type of narrative, but also has heart in it. And um, Mm -hmm. I really loved how I my favorite part about that Zoom episode. I'm I hope you guys watch it. Is whenever like. Um, Poppy is coding and like they show her screen and how that's what's happening and they like tell the story through her coding and I thought it was very creative and very like um, a smart way to tell a story so mm-hmm. yeah Mythic Quest is like a very underrated show I think too these days yeah it 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 did Mythic Quest doesn't didn't make my list but it's definitely in my honorable mentions yeah. just because it's so new I felt like pressure not it needs to earn its wings <laughs> it didn't, yeah, yeah. I, that's another thing of that was another right. caveat on my list. Was just like I didn't want to put any show that was new or hadn't ended yet because I just those things actually end up making holding weight a little bit. So that's yeah. why Mythic Quest and Ted Lasso aren't on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Moving on, I'll, I'll just continue with my ra- rankings just because I I don't know I, I'm weird yeah. like that. But <laughs> but my number seven yeah. is uh, I know we're talking about a bunch of like kind of happy go lucky like shows. But uh, this one's kind of a little bit darker, but also kind of funny. But uh, my number seven is BoJack Horseman. Ah, good. <laughs> <laughs> so am I too. Your, your, re- your reactions are amazing, Maria. I love it. <laughs> I'm glad animated is on the list. I'm really proud of both of you guys for having animated this. Yeah. I think BoJack is such an interesting show, but also I blame it a lot because it, I can blame it for a lot of my like existing depression. Just because there's so many like dark episodes in in BoJack that just made me think a lot about like my life and just like just life in general, and I'm just like I left so many episodes of BoJack Horseman where I was just like, yeah, there is a lot of uplifting ones, but there are so many just uplifting or just uh, not uplifting, but just down in the dumps episodes of Bo- BoJack Horseman that were just like, oh my god, like. I, I felt for the creator of Bojack just because it's like, I almost want to like call a therapist like, hey, do you need help? Like They were definitely going through something when they made that show, for sure. Yeah. It's one of those shows that's so dark and depressing, but one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Like, some of their like situational, like their humor and like the things, uh, the callback jokes, the constant, um, like the jokes per capita moments, everything, just the characters are so silly. It's just, so funny and so unrealistic and just hilarious and then also so serious and dark at the same time and it's a lot of weird feelings when you're watching that show for sure yeah but, so i haven't watched but you guys everyone sells the show really well it sounds like something i would absolutely love i just have never pressed play on the show i will say you have to be in a mood to watch it yeah mm-hmm. yeah I made a mistake and binged it in a week, and I don't no. recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I needed a hug afterwards. It was a very dark week. But, okay, um, don't binge it in a week. Yeah, it's not a binge. <laughs> yeah, don't don't binge BoJack, or you'll go, you'll you'll 
you'll fall and em- fall down an empty hole of nothingness. That's basically yeah. that's basically what happens. That that what if that's you. what I want? <laughs> yeah, if that's what you want, go for it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Not, not all. Sometimes you need a good cry. Yeah, right. Just go for it. Just go for it. But uh, I I love BoJack. I think the cast is just is just wonderful. Will Arnett finally getting his due, but not really yeah. getting his due just because it's like no one really knew it was him, and then. I, I don't know. It's it's such a great show. Uh, I I love it so much, and uh, that's why it's my number seven. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Maria, what's your? I guess like going along with the animated, I have to give a shout out to Futurama. I'm Ooh, not sure good one. Oh, yeah. okay. well, yes, <laughs> a fan. Good. Okay, because yeah. I don't find many fans for Futurama. But what I love about Futurama is that it's it's such an outlandish, crazy concept, but they still happen to like follow the sitcom. Condition where it's like it's a delivery service. They go into a hijinks and it starts with a story and it ends at the end and has the same characters, same callback jokes, same um, jokes, callbacks, like, you know, other like references. But it's just, even though it's such a ridiculous situation, it still happens to follow the same format. Yeah, I think it's great. I haven't watched every episode of it, but another Matt Groening show is definitely on my list. Not a shocker, I think. But um, but I think the characters are great. I think it's really funny and just all around creatively resplendent. I really like the show. Ooh, that's a good word. <laughs> I'm, I respect you, Maria, for putting it on your list, but it's not one of my favorite sitcoms. Like, I like I love Futurama, but it, it's just, for some reason, it just never hit the right chord with me. But I will say that Futurama, like, is one of those shows that actually came back and actually had a really successful season. Hmm. I, I, like it's compared an exception to that rule, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, didn't it, it came back to Comedy Central, right? It, yeah. Yeah. It's like jumped uh, networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I like I kind I respect Matt Groening for kind of sticking sticking true to like Futurama when he brought it back and stuff like that. But it's just it just mm-hmm. didn't strike a chord with me. I like I I respect it, but there's yeah, there's uh, better shows on my list, just saying. That's fair. I also think I'm a huge science nerd, so, like, that part really, I think that's why it struggled core with me a little bit more, was just, like, I was like, ah, oh, the time travel checks out. Oh, the physics of this checks out. So I was, like, geeking out on many levels when I watched the show. I, I think the thing with me, with Futurama, it was just drunk bender. Just never, it's like, I understand it. I, I know it's a weird thing to complain about a show, but it's, like, how does a robot get drunk? Like that. Like I was like, scratching my head, like as a kid, just like, just like that I, was I, the part that confused you of that whole show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> about the whole show. all the crazy things that are happening. Yeah, all the crazy things that are happening in the show, but Marley doesn't understand a drunk robot. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't it just fry head. him? <laughs> yeah, right? like exactly. the liquid. Mm-hmm. How does that I think the fa- my best, favorite part about that is whenever he gets like old, he's like rusting. He has like a rusting beard. I just that's the part. Mm-hmm. I, I find that part like I guess clever, <laughs> but yeah, I guess it doesn't check out. That's a science way. Yeah, I, I love the I love the one episode of Futurama uh, with uh, Evil Bender, where it's just calling back to another show that's probably on some of our lists. It's the only yeah. way to to distinguish that they're evil is that the the black goatee. So yeah, I I just love that. So <laughs> I think that's awesome. But Michael, do you have any thoughts on Futurama? Yeah, I think it's great. 
it's not, uh, you know, like I said, I'm more of a Simpsons person, but I think Futurama is just one of those things where it's faster moving than the Simpsons. It's a little more cynical, I guess you can say than the Simpsons, um, especially like what people consider like the golden era of the Simpsons. And just one of those things where every character is so heightened that the comedy really works, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So great choice. Not what I would have expected, but a good choice. So you, yeah. throwing a wrench in there. You mentioned yeah. you you mentioned the golden era of the Simpsons, Michael. Yeah. What what is that golden era for you? So for me, and I think for most people, I might be getting these seasons wrong, but it's around like season two or three through like seasons eight or nine. Um, and that's where most people, and I tend to agree that the Simpsons just had like a lot more heart than it does now, um, where it might feel more uh, clinical or where they started to like flanderize the characters or where, what's the actual term that they use? It's sort of like jackass Homer, where Homer started becoming, started shifting from like this aloof family man to this complete idiot who was like trying to actually cause oh, harm. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, so for a lot of people, those those seasons within that first decade is what they consider to be the, the best era of the Simpsons. Um, and why I think it still continues to be, to rank very high, if not number one on a lot of people's lists of best TV shows of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, just it, obviously an animated show that, you know, changed the landscape of television. People didn't really think that could be a show for adults. Right. And like I said, was very wholesome in a lot of ways, but also had its cynical moments, but also made you laugh out loud, but also had a lot of heart. So I think they balance a lot of things really well. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I know The Simpsons ranks really high because of, like, how much it changed. Um, I've only watched episodes here and there. I haven't followed it, so that's why it's on my list. But I have a lot of respect for Matt Growing for, like, everything he's created with the animated world for that reason. And there is a ter- that term, the jackass homer, that is a thing. I just can't remember what it means, like, what the trope is. I can't remember what the trope is either, but uh, I will admit that I don't have any Matt Groening, like, shows on my list. Like, no, no Simpsons, no Futurama. I think, I love the Simpsons, I love the early Simpsons. Like, I think you, you hit right in the head, Michael, with, like, season two through eight is, like, kind of, like, the golden era. But I feel like since the Simpsons is just still around and like whenever I kind of watch like a new episode here and there, like the Simpsons, it, it, it's, it's almost like it's become just, it's, it, they've almost become minions at this point. I, I know that's kind of like, a, I understand I know, what you mean. I know that that's like a stab in the heart for some people, but it's like, it's, I'm kind of numb to it at this point. It's just like, Oh, it's just the Simpsons. They'll, they'll never get canceled and stuff like that. So I um I was trying to watch the latest Treehouse of Horror episode just a couple of days ago, and I actually just turned it off. <laughs> I couldn't um continue watching it. And that's not to say that The Simpsons is bad, and you can't judge The Simpsons now on a Treehouse of Horror episode. Because even, I think maybe five years ago, I started getting back into it and watching it weekly, and I thought the show was pretty good. It was sort of having, in my opinion, like a creative resurgence. I don't know if that's still the case. But something that I've been thinking about a lot recently because I don't know if you guys have seen like Game of Thrones discourse coming back to TikTok and how like the ending of Game of Thrones sort of soured everyone on the show and nobody cares yeah, about Yeah, I did this videos now. on it recently. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um <laughs> for me like the way that a show ends almost never makes the like sours the show 
Um, and I think this idea that shows have to be good from like beginning to end is kind of recent in our thinking, especially as we get shorter seasons and even like shorter series that are only four or five seasons long. Um, because a show like The Simpsons, like I said, would probably rank pretty high on a lot of critics, not that those are everyday people, a lot of critics lists or something like Seinfeld, which doesn't really get good until season three. And a lot of people don't like the final season still ranks really high, those kinds of things. Um, but now that we binge everything and we can see it as a complete whole very quickly, um, it becomes, I think this idea that like the show, if the show ends badly, it just ruins all the good, good times you have with it. It's kind of new. Mm-hmm. I think it also depends on the show and like their build up because yeah. um, I think you made a video about this, Michael, which kind of stood out to me was that certain shows like Game of Thrones, How I Met Your Mother, they put a lot of emphasis on their end. Like they were trying to build up this hype yeah. towards the end. So I think that's another issue. It's like Seinfeld, Simpsons, they are not trying to make the end this big deal. They're just like, hey, this is what's happening in this this episode, this plot line. Whereas How I Met Your Mother is like, oh, we're building up to something happening. And same with Game of Thrones. So like, I think it's show by show. And that's why like uh like shows like The Office wasn't building up to an end. Even actually most of our shows that we listed, Dirty Rock, Rest of Development, they didn't really have an end in mind. So right. that's another reason why they I couldn't compare them to how I met your mother in this case, you know, because I feel like they're the the way they wrote How I Met Your Mother was very different from how the other shows were written. Yeah, the, the, like thir- Thirty Rock and The Office were definitely had like a writer's room mentality and like Mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother, like, they knew how this was going to end. Like, they, like, that's, that's how I, that's why, like, How I Met Your Mother is on my list, where it, I, I respect, like, the creators for sticking to that ending, even with, like, the, like I the, do too. I even, do too. Even yeah. with, like, the, like, the, the two kids that are, like, way, they had to stick to it because, like, the kids would be yeah. way older by then. So it's like they couldn't go back and re record, like, and be like, oh, yeah, this is, like, 10 years later, like, this is our mother and stuff like that. I, like, it's a, uh, and that's, uh, that's why How Much Your Mother's on my list, so. And I think How Much Your Mother just deserves, like, recognition. It, the only reason it's not on my list is because I realized there's other shows that I liked a lot more. Mm-hmm. But How Much Your Mother was a great, like, tale of, like, if you have an ending in mind, make sure you have the middle part in mind as well for a lot of writers. And I think How Much Your Mother had to, walk for shows like Schitt's Creek and The Good Place to run, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. I think, though, not to go off the rails again, there's a lot of shows that people consider to be well thought out or well planned out that might surprise people when they find out they it, there wasn't much of a plan. I think I might be misremembering, but I think The Good Place is one of those. Um, I know that Breaking Bad was one of those where they sort of like threw balls in the air and were like, all right, well, I don't know how we're going to catch the next season, but let's just see what happens. Um, so some shows where you go, yeah. that was so well thought out. Um, actually, it was just good going with the flow mm-hmm. the moment, you know? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is like and that. It, yeah. And I feel like that's that's mm-hmm. the that's why I love writers' rooms so much, just because it's just a bunch, all these writers that are bouncing off like ideas and seeing what, like, what hits the page and then what, what, what from the page hits the screen, like the small screen at the very end. I, I, like, I feel like that's when TV shows can be the most creative is in writers' rooms. Agreed. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but not trying to get us back to like the the top ten. I feel like I'm the only one that's doing like top ten style. But but um, the, the next. I feel what number we're on. Well, number six. 
okay. The the next one on my list, uh, we haven't really. It's a it's a rather new show, but um, I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it that much. But it's Blackish. Oh, I, interesting. I was one of those people that didn't really like Modern Family all that much because mm. I I couldn't really relate to mm-hmm. it all that all, all that much, and it was just I don't know. I found I found it kind of insufferable in, a, in in some ways, but I absolutely love Blackish just because it's like right around this time you never got like a sitcom like this where it's just it, it like it's people of color kind of just like living their life and i i think like the comedy is really well uh is really well done and i i think it's really well written too anthony anderson is really good in it and just i don't think it's a lot of people's favorite like sitcom but it still holds a a good place in my heart like just for just for being yeah kind of like a mm-hmm. like a silly sitcom so yeah i think too i haven't watched yeah. the show but i've watched a couple of episodes and it's really well known and i've seen a couple of these episodes for just like addressing very heavy topics right mm-hmm. it's one of those it kind of like reminds me of a norman lear era of a sitcom where they go this is the topic we're talking about this episode and it's going to get uncomfortable which i really appreciate about the show Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. I've only seen a few episodes and a few clips, and I really appreciate for the like impact it's made on like television. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a respectable choice. I, sure. I just feel like it's it, it did what Modern Family was trying to do, but it like oh, it's okay. it's it's the actual Modern Modern Family. If you want to if you want to get that <laughs> deep into it, because it's like people mm-hmm. of color, like you like they 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 run like the industry. It's just like I. Uh, and they should run the industry. I, I think that's uh, uh, that I think that's why I, I love it so much. But yeah, uh, nice. But yeah, Maria, what's your next? One? Oh man. Okay, so we're on number five six. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. six. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Sorry, I'm adding pressure. I to t- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just want to throw this show out there because I feel like it needs to get recognition. I'm gonna say it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Nice, nice choice. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was wasn't sure if that would land. Um, <laughs> it land only because I really am so impressed by the fact that the show could age well. <laughs> because especially with that show and the topic and how it starts out, like the first episode and the, t- I'm not sure if you guys remember the first episode, but it's a very very controversial first episode. And the fact that like the, the recent season with like Max coming out and everything, how this age show has aged and continued to age that has so many seasons like i usually don't watch a show past season four of it because it usually gets really bad but this show is like 12 seasons and it remains um fresh and like changes and i'm bringing it back to seinfeld but i remember seeing a tiktok about someone saying that it's always sunny does what seinfeld claims it will do which is be a show about nothing and it's so true like they literally do nothing in every episode and yet they do so much and it's such a hard show to describe, but when you watch it, it's just so much fun and so much happens. And the humor is just mixed with bro and clever and situational. It's just a hodgepodge of comedy, I would say. I mean, you know I was going to relate it back to Seinfeld in some way. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, I mean, it's not a show about nothing, but the way you described it is perfect. A show about nothing, about terrible people doing terrible things, um, which Seinfeld is, definitely is. And I haven't watched the complete show. I haven't probably even haven't watched more than two seasons of the show, but it has one of the funniest episodes um, in TV history, in my opinion. I don't remember the title of it, but I think it's like Sweet D gets 
set on fire. Is that it or something like that? Oh, yeah. One of the I <laughs> die laughing even thinking about that episode. Um, so good, yeah, yeah, great choice. Uh, I I agree with Michael. Uh, I I think it's a great choice. I haven't really watched more than a couple episodes of Always Sunny, but every single time I do watch it, it's always a great time. And I admire the production of Always Sunny just because it's like the guys. I, I to my knowledge, I feel like I, I think it's like it's been like the same small crew since they started since season one, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Like FX, yeah, Charlie Day and Rob McKillicani. Mm-hmm. Yeah. FX is known for kind of mm-hmm. like the those kind of raw productions where it's just like a small group. What season are they on? Are they like on season? Oh, I don't even know. I think they like were signed on for two more. They might be on season like seventeen. I, but <laughs> the fact that they're so many seasons in and they're still just doing like their thing, I like I totally admire mm-hmm. that, and I think I just love the show for that reason alone, pretty much. Yeah, that's the reason why I wanted to put it on there was just the fact that they're still making seasons and they're still different. Mm-hmm. Good, they're on fourteen seasons, by the way. I think I've watched consistently up to like season nine, and then episodes here and there. Dang. I think that's the the one reason why I haven't sat down just watched a whole bunch, just because I do get a little bit overwhelmed. Like when there's so many seasons of a show, I'm just like, oh man, this is good. This is gonna be this is this is gonna oh, be yeah. all my day. And the only reason why I was and the only reason I was able to is because I watched him when the show first came out. Like, um, cause I'm from around, I live in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. everyone had to watch the show growing <laughs> up, basically. So I watched it. When I started watching it, they only were four seasons in. So it was really easy to keep mm-hmm. up with then. But even now I'm like, Oh my God, I have to watch like five seasons. So I completely yeah. understand. But, but still, still a great pick. But Michael, what's your. Yeah. Um, so first I have to issue a correction because I think I said Michael Schur was in was part of Silicon Valley and he was not. And we don't want this podcast to propagate fake news. So I apologize about that. Um, so I'm thank you for that. Like, like I, <laughs> I say a lot of dumb yeah. shit on this podcast, but, but, uh, you know what? I don't know what fever dream I was in, but I'm going to blame it on the cold that I'm recovering from. So okay. we're just going to say that. And we're gonna Very fair. It's commendable that you addressed it. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, so again, I wanted to throw a wrench in things because I was thinking as I was coming up with like a top ten, I thought, should I go back and go like, what? What's my favorite children's sitcom or something like that? Ooh, even though I said, gosh. even though I said Scooby Doo, but I watched, that, I watched that as an adult. <laughs> it's actually so it might be kind of wild, but I said, you know what? Let me place this in the top ten, and it's that so Raven. Um, Oh my god, no way. I was thinking it too. <laughs> and honestly, like, I just, I, I, as a child, I haven't watched it as an adult, but as a child, I remember just thinking the show was so incredibly funny, stood out against, like, compared to other children's shows at the time, especially sitcoms. I think that, like, Raven Baxter was sort of like the Lucy of our time, maybe, you know, she was always willing to do this incredible physical comedy, um, incredible, you know, comedy hijinks yes that's the exact the perfect yeah. word for it and it was a show that wasn't afraid of like addressing tough issues um i think it's a very f- formidable show i guess i should say and one that like people remember quite fondly um and there's always an episode someone goes you know that one changed my perspective on something or um that one still makes me laugh there are still like parodies of it on tiktok right now if you <laughs> if you open the if you open the app um so yeah that's a raven that's a great pick I've never 
was like I watched Disney Disney Channel like shows like growing up as like a kid, but that so Raven never really like struck a chord with me. Like one sh- since we're talking about like Disney Disney Channel shows, one that I continue continue watch. I can load up Disney Plus right now and watch it like right probably not like right now because we're recording, but <laughs> I can always go back to the show and that's Smart Guy. Like, do you, does anyone remember uh, that show? Yeah, I remember Smart Guy. Smart Guy was a yeah. Disney Channel had so many like good shows. Like they did. Yeah, yeah. No, I that's what Raven was definitely. I was actually considering it on my list because it was great. It was just it did something very funny. It had a great like hook, which was like she was psychic, and then she would get yeah. on this like mission. And she had to like fix it. It just it was so like new, fresh, I guess, for like um, Disney Channel. And she was definitely very hygiene. See her like costumes were hilarious. The side characters were wonderful. Like Chelsea yep. was so funny. Corey mm-hmm. was great. So that's so Raven is it was definitely on my like flex list that I was considering. Good, I'm glad. It was quality entertainment. It was quality entertainment. Quality. It's time we said it. It was such quality. It's time we said it. Yeah. I'm just I'm just glad mm-hmm. you didn't say Hannah Montana, just because I mean that was a close oh, second. Okay. Um <laughs> yeah. no. That's so Raven. Okay. Um that's oh, Hannah Montana wanted to be <laughs> that's so Raven, I think. Yeah. With his costumes, mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, yeah, Hannah Montana tried to be what That So Raven was already. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's a great pet, Michael. Uh, but uh, moving on to my next show, uh, we've already talked about it, but we can talk about it a little more in depth. But at number five, mine is uh, How I Met Your Mother. It's time All right, let's movie. do it. Let's go for it. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, I I debated so many times moving this like up and up in the rankings, but I think five is actually kind of a perfect spot for it. How I Met Your Mother. I watched it at a really interesting time. I watched it like at the first season, and like, and I I think I just enjoyed just each episode just because of like I w- wanted to know who the mother was. And then as I watched, continued watching like into the seasons, I started getting like attached to the characters and I love, uh, I love Marshall. I love Ted and, and stuff like that. And then, and then as I moved into like season five and even like season six, I stopped caring about like whether I cared about who the mother was. I started falling in love with like New York and just like yeah. the characters mm-hmm. and like the setting. And like how I met your mother is like the one reason why like I like when the pandemic restrictions were lifted, I actually made a trip to New York and kind of went to all the all oh. all the sites like around like New York where where uh, quote unquote the the show was set like the McLaren's pub is at the bar that they're yeah I they're gonna so. people are gonna cancel me just because I don't <laughs> but but we should but, check uh, it but I. I absolutely love How I Met Your Mother. I think the characters are just on point. Uh, Barney is probably the most off the wall character like ever, especially since when you actually do the research and you find out that Neil Patrick Harris is gay and he's playing like this full on just like just womanizer. When you think about it now, that's really bad. But like when I was watching the show, I was like, this is this is just great. But How I Met Your Mother like really holds a yeah, it's it's so nice. I love it. Uh, and I think he got the job from Harold and Kumar, right? Or mm-hmm. again, I could just be pulling the. Okay, yeah, good. yeah, that makes okay, sense. <laughs> I like, yeah, I totally thought he was a Harold and Kumar. Good call. Um, I mean, I loved How I Met Your Mother. It's 
I remember it actually when I was going through a pretty bad breakup, How I Met Your Mother is all I watched mm-hmm. and binged over and over again. It was like what got me out of my little funk because like Ted is just so hopeful for love. And like his stories, no matter what, even though it's not the mother, he's just still like, it's okay. She's out there. So I think it does have a beautiful message, even if you forget the whole like greater mm-hmm. ending that they're trying to build up to. The friendship is are great, wonderful too. I think there's just a lot of like, I think it was towards like the end of the seasons where I was just getting really frustrated with how they were just like stringing us along. Like I just wanted Barney and Robin to be together and all this. So I think I was just overly emotional when it came mm-hmm. to the show. And maybe that's why it's not on my top 10 list, but I do have a lot of respect and love for the show. It's an interesting point you brought up because I could be misremembering, but I think this is the first show we've mentioned that's really a romantic comedy. And it just had a lot of those tropes. I think it did it well. I sort of binged the show and then watched like the last two seasons, I think, live. So for me, the stringing along wasn't a big deal, but I can completely understand that if you were watching it week to week or something like that, um, I think would have driven some people a little batty. I I think what I love most about this show, too, is that like we talked about Arrested Development being the show being smarter than the audience. Right, right. One of my favorite mm-hmm. like like jokes and just callbacks that I think I think it might be the greatest callback like in TV history, the slap bet, the the the, the, oh, the yeah, slap yeah. bet that that yeah. Barney and Marshall have with each other, where B- Barney decides that he wants to like basically delegate five slaps amongst like a, an eternity instead of taking five slaps at a time, mm-hmm. and I love that the show just like like keeps a tally on that basically mm-hmm. each season. And then every single time Marshall slaps Barney, he's just like, okay, that's three. It becomes like a game between like the audience and the characters where the audience is like, okay, here comes the other, here comes the next one and, and, and stuff like that. I, I, I think that is probably what, like one of my favorite like bits in the right. entire show. And I was just bringing up that, um, I want to say that how I met your mother of all the sitcom shows that we've discussed is probably the one that has had the most cultural impact on us as like a generation society because the pop culture references just like hold stronger the slap bet and i think it was icing I, there's just so many things that started from how i met your mother that have become like a mainstay of like pop culture now and i don't think another sitcom i can't think of another sitcom that like does as much like there's books based off how yeah. like the barney's um dating book it's a book now in barnes and noble so i can't (laughs) yeah it's actually something you can buy i I don't know how i'm ordering that right now (laughs) yeah i don't know what it says about us but yeah it's out there it's like how to be a womanizer like barney so (laughs) remember his like rule number whatever rule number like the bro code yeah that yeah Yeah. that's actually a book that's um um, (laughs) i met your mother uh did so many interesting things i mean marley your your list has included like 30 rock and arrested development which how may your mother kind of had that style where but just on a multi-cam sitcom where they like went between different timelines and referenced something early in the episode or early Mm -hmm. in the season that was really innovative for a multi-cam sitcom i think and just they tried a lot of awesome things like i i remember so vividly the the countdown to marshall's dad's death episode you know where they did that oh, thing where yeah. there was like numbers in every scene or every shot or something like that. Um, I think it's even credited with like being the reason why Britney Spears' career re- was revived or something. Or 
Uh, yeah, I guess she guest yeah, started. Or actually, yeah. maybe the other way around. I actually think it's the other way around. The show was almost canceled, but then Britney Spears wanted to guest star on the show, and they brought her in, and the ratings soared, and that's the reason we got like five more seasons of How I Met Your Mother. That's so cool. Um, I didn't know. So that. yeah, just a great, great choice. Yeah, I think like another thing I'll mention about How I Met Your Mother is I love like the. I know it's like a romantic comedy, but I love a lot of the episodes that don't really center around just mm-hmm. uh, it, they center around just life in New York and just like and just like being a human. And I love the mm-hmm. episode where Marshall kind of like he's he first moves to New York and he discovers the best burger ever. I think that's a, the actual, <laughs> the actual episode title, it, like the greatest burger. I think that's a really good episode. Yeah, with like um, Regis Philbin. Yeah, this is the first show that I'm bringing up that has Regis Philbin like in a lot of the episodes and, and like mm-hmm. like uh, that. You know what? Uh, I I feel like that makes the show even better because yeah, that's very true. I do really like their like storylines with each character and how they had a different perspective for everything too. It's it definitely was a one of its mm-hmm. kind type of show. Yeah. But yeah, how much your mother? That's it. It it's it's so good. I, I I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, now I'm reconsidering my lesson trying to add it on there. Uh, but uh, Maria, what's your next? <sighs> okay, so I don't know if we're on we're top four now. So we're I think. Five. We've thrown the numbers out the window. Yeah, we've thrown the oh, numbers wow. out the window. Oh, okay, we have. Okay, I'm the only one sticking to the numbers. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I feel like we've listed like 20 shows, and I'm like, I still haven't hit right. my top three. Um. Uh, just throwing it out there because I love this show so much and because we're bringing up How I Met Your Mother, I have to say New Girl. (laughs) Because of how, like, the characters are just so ridiculous and their one-liners are just some of the most hilarious moments I've seen when it comes to a romantic comedy type of sitcom show. So that's why I put New Girl over How I Met Your Mother was because the ending also ended better. The stories also, when it comes to them as characters, uh, had a lot of growth. So, like, they follow the normal tropes of coming to like the will they won't they couple actually getting together by the second season then breaking apart but then the characters worked on themselves and then got back together and that's why they like had a happy ending and i really appreciated that there was character growth within the whole trope of the romantic couple so that's why i put new girl over like friends and how i met your mother uh because i think they did it the best that whole romantic trope you could put so that's my reasoning. Uh, any show over Friends, in my opinion, but um, <laughs> oh, just Ooh, wow, how okay. it's gonna get bad when I say one of my next. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say interesting. <laughs> no, no. Um, I debated about Friends for a while and how I met your mother. Thing. I'm literally wearing a Central Perk shirt. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say I can't say uh, because it's an audio podcast. But, right, right, right. But, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Friends just never. I feel like I'm the right generation too, just because I'm 31. I, I feel like I'm the right generation to watch Friends. It just never like. I would like to know how we went about figuring out our list because I feel like I compared shows and was like, okay, of these three, which one can make my list? And that's mm-hmm. why I picked New Girl over those other two. But like, How I Met Your Mother and Friends were also like, I guess would be on my list because like they are very important mm-hmm. shows. I don't think I've ever watched more than a few episodes of New Girl. To to be honest, no 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 offense, Maria, but I no, I just it, like I love Zoe Deschanel. I think Jake Johnson is he's a train wreck in a good way. I know that sounds bad, but it's just like uh, I think he does like a really good job of just kind of like like he's like the actor that's like watching like a train wreck and just re- reacting to it and and 
I, I don't know. But uh, I feel like New Girl just wasn't for me. It's just... It's a show that will surprise you, I will say that. Because, like, I think the characters really... It's the side characters that will sell you. Like, I wouldn't watch it for Zoe. Like, either anyone else, I would say watch it for the people in the loft. Like, Schmidt and Winston and Jake Johnson as Mm -hmm. Nick Miller. Their characters are just very, very well-defined characters. And nothing like anything I've seen on sitcoms ever. Like, there's no character like Schmidt or Winston that I've seen before. So... Just throwing mm-hmm. that out there if you ever consider okay. watching it again. All right. I'll check it out. I never I never watched I mean, I think I've again one of those situations where I might have watched two seasons worth of the show and I never continued beyond that. But what I thought was surprising about the show, it has this surprising like biting sense of humor, which I didn't expect from like a Zoe De Chanel show, but also has a lot of heart. And I think this show, I agree with you, Maria, like the chemistry on the show uh was really strong, especially in terms of like romantic chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was great. And yeah. one more thing, oh. just because like we got some by. So I think I've, one other thing about like I liked about How I Met Your Mother was that they took the whole manic pixie dream mm-hmm. girl yeah. or like the tough girl like trope, and they showed like what they would actually be like on a day to day basis. So I really like that they showed a new side of like the normal tropes that you see in sitcoms and movies, mm-hmm. and made a funny sitcom spin. And it's funny because it. Zoe Deschanel sort of played that character. Mm-hmm. And then subverted that a couple of times, like with 500 Days of Summer and then New Girl. Or, yeah, interesting thing that you yeah. Uh, yeah, think about, rethink the show, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely like if I uh, if I try and restart that show again, I'm definitely going to like think about that for sure. But yeah, uh, Michael, what's your what's your next show? I don't even know where we are anymore. Uh, so my ne- <laughs> my next show. Fair, very fair. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, and this is a show where, uh, like Maria, to Maria's point, what was the criteria for me? It was just a show I really resonated with or really liked. Um, growing up, and that's Malcolm in the Middle. Um, not the oh. first show to like do, you know, sort of income inequality type of show. Plenty of shows have done that in the past. Um, I think this show just had was so kind of like offbeat. I kind of had its own voice or tone in a way that I like hadn't seen anything else on television have that sort of tone. And I think it like sprouted other shows like it. I don't know if anyone will remember something like Grounded for Life, maybe just this, just these types of shows that just have that weird tone where it's kind of cynical, like kind of cynical, but there's this undercurrent of heart to it and just really funny in my opinion. And in a way that I promise I mean with love reminded me of my family or people I knew. Uh, and yeah, I just, I remember watching that so many times as a kid, probably when I was too young to be watching it over and over and over again. The one thing I'd like to bring up about Malcolm in the Middle is does that show break you? Like when you think about like how it could be like a prequel to Breaking Bad? I think about this every day. No, um, <laughs> wow, so brilliant. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I read that theory, and you know what? It's canon. I mean, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really glad that you mentioned it, but I feel like knowing that it, it like Malcolm in the Middle, it kind of breaks the show a little bit for me, and I'm just like, I'm just like, oh man, this really doesn't make it better. It, 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 it makes it better for me too. I can go, you know what? Yeah. It's better. It's, better. it's like, oh, this dad's yeah. just gonna turn into this, like horrible person where he becomes like this drug king uh, kingpin. I'm just like, oh, this uh, character yeah. growth, man. I, I don't know. I yeah. maybe I'm just like. Think, oh, 
I don't know. It's just for some reason it's kind of broken the show for me. But I I love that it makes the show better for both of, both of you. <laughs> but I think I was just too young to get how uh, Malcolm in the um, Malcolm in the Middle when I watched it. But whenever I watched Breaking Bad and then would think about it, I'd be like, oh, okay, now I get it. So. It was more retrospectively thinking about and it. I will like to add too is that, like when uh, I know this is like a completely different show, and it's like I I thought about putting it on my list about for for sitcoms, but WandaVision, I like when that oh, yeah. Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. when that Malcolm in the Middle like intro popped up, I was just mm-hmm. like, oh no, I, I'm I'm all about this. I'm all about this. And it, it said a lot about Malcolm in the Middle because it was next to like really big names like I love Lucy Bewitched. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a high praise from Malcolm yeah. in the Middle. Uh, but yeah, that's it's one division's not on my list. I'm not sure if I, it's some a show that I could have put on my list because I'm not even sure if it's an actual sitcom because it's. I was contemplating. Yeah, it too. Uh, but it. I don't know. It's 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 it. One division's kind of a weird show, but but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. It defies gen like genre. I would have let it slide. I think you could have done it. Yeah, I think I could have done it now because the show's kind of off the rails right now. But but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you put you put Scooby Doo, Michael. So (laughs) yeah, um, ever since Scooby Doo, we have not been the same. (laughs) Yeah. So no, no, scratch off the next note. I'm not going to scratch it off because the next the next show that I have on my list is uh, Parks and Recreation. I can never scratch Parks and Recreation off just because of the climate that we're living in now, I think mm-hmm. Parks and Recreation could, it, it could never be more relevant. It, like in 2021. I, I love the show so much. The fact that it got people interested in like, like city government and like local government. I think that, I think that's also a good point too. And mm-hmm. like, I, I remember when this show first came out and like, I watched the first episode, I was just like, no, what? This is just like an office clone. And, but I remembered, I, I remembered a lot of my friends said that too, and they didn't, they didn't keep up with the show. But I was like one of the, one of my, Biggest I was like break. one of the only people in my friend group that actually, that kept up with the show. And I'm glad I did because once it, once it kind of broke like that, that office like uh, format and mold, mold I mm-hmm. think that, like the show just, it, it went up to 11. To quote Spinal Tap, like they t- they turned it up to eleven. So, yeah, um, I'm going to say something bold. It's the number one one mm-hmm. on my list because that's how much I love. I'm really Rex. surprised. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it says a lot more about my character that I'm very very, very <laughs> basic as a person. But it's just like it just it combined comedies, uh, great characters, hard character development, everything in one show. It's like my comfort show. It's my feel good show. It just. I don't know. There's just something about this show that I just love so, so much. And it really breaks my heart that people like stop watching it because I watched Mm it. uh, I even watched, I think I watched the season finales, both of them in like real time. I love that the reboot was even good with the whole like future aspect of it. I really, I don't know what it is about the show, but I just love it so much. Can we both agree? Sorry. I'll let you, I'll let you speak, Michael, but, uh, 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 but, can we both agree that like the show gets better once once Chris and Ben enter the show? Oh, for, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I really love that the fun. I mean, Michael's the one with the fun facts, but I really love that Adam Scott loved The Office so much that he like 
went out for, I think, gym and he didn't get it. So then he did Party Down, which is a great show. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Party Down is very deadpan yeah, um, comedy. Yeah. And it got canceled too, too soon. So then when Parks and Rec started, they wanted, he, they, they like wrote in a character for Adam Scott. So he would be on the show and that's how he got started. And I love the fact that Adam Scott just really wanted to be part of this Michael Schur deadpan kind of like feel good comedy so badly that eventually he got a role. So that's, it made a big difference. Like I didn't, I didn't even know that, that that's like, I, I, I love that so much that, that he yeah. wanted to be on it and they wrote, wrote a character on. Like so yeah. badly. Uh, yeah. But Michael, what do you think of Parks and Rec? I love Parks and Rec. I do have to confess, I never watched season two. But I watched. I, that's okay. That's right, a, that's fine. <laughs> I, I watched season one. and I was like, that's fine. And of course, I never watched The Office, so it wasn't like the thing that I wanted to continue watching. And then when season three was airing, and everyone was like, this show is incredible. Like, okay, I'll check it out. And it hooked me. So I watched. I've watched it. You know, I watched it week to week since season three. Um, and I just think it's one of those shows where like the the chemistry between the cast the cast was great. And that's exactly when Ben and Chris enter. If I'm not mistaken right mm-hmm. um just elevated it to the next level season two is one of those like you can watch it but it won't change your feelings about the show season three is like definitely when it hits mm-hmm. its prime in my just, opinion just so many great characters like you guys might throw me off this podcast like if i don't mention like ron swanson like ron might actually be like the like the best deadpan character like in like a tv comedy like show ever and he just submerged so many different types of characters. He's just one of, he's very yeah. one of a kind. And, but sure. the, uh, my mind was blown when I find out that freaking, uh, 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 I'm blanking on his name, but like, the, uh, yeah, Nick Offerman is like, is, is basically Ron Swanson in real life. <laughs> yeah. What I love the most about this and one of my favorite things about television in general is that Tammy, Jenna, um, Roni, she's actually, they're actually mm-hmm. married in real yeah. life. Yeah, Megan Mar- Megan Marley. Yeah, um, I love the three Tammies. I love that bit, like in the yeah. show. It's so yep. good. <laughs> but and I think we'd be remiss to not mention like the show has true cultural impact, even though it wasn't like a huge watched show. Um, like just thinking of like Valentine's Day or something like that, people oh, will yeah, actually yeah. celebrate or just saying treat yourself. Like people, not just mm-hmm. saying it, that obviously that existed before, but the idea of like. Treating, <laughs> treating yourself just a thing that people say a lot as a joke or as a meme. So even though it was a, a show that not many people watched, a lot of cultural impact. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah. And also, like, one of the first shows that had, like, real politicians, like, on, oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden yeah. on, I, which is a great scene, by the way. It's, it's, it's oh, just Amy Poehler just, like, completely godsmacked over Joe Biden oh. and just, like, I, I don't know. He looks yeah. so young in that episode. Such, yeah, there's so many great cameos. I just remembered that um, Paul Rudd is in the show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jenny yeah. Slate, even Michelle Obama. Yeah, Jenny Slate. One yes. of my favorite characters. Uh, mm-hmm. And John Rocco. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people hate him. But Entertainment Seven Twenty. Entertainment Seven Twenty. The the I. I that episode is so good with Entertainment 720 where it's just... It's always so good. There's so many There's so many episodes that I can rewatch over and over again and never mm-hmm. get sick of. It's just my go-to. It's just very show. unfortunate that you have to subscribe to Peacock now to watch 
Oh yeah, <laughs> that, no, that I, part is. No, I'm really no. I'm really glad I made it 90 minutes into a podcast and I didn't slam Peacock until now. So <laughs> you did very well. So yeah, um, there's that. But yeah, Parks and Recreation. Everyone should go watch it if you if you haven't seen Parks and Recreation. What are you doing with your life? That's what I have to say. Yeah, I'm really surprised. I'm, I, the Office, I can imagine, but Parks and Rec is one of those shows that I feel like everyone has least watched or at least attempted mm-hmm. to watch it. Yeah, but Maria, what's your next? Since we're going off the rails with the mm-hmm. list, and we brought up Parks and Rec, I'm going to bring up Community because of obvious no, I, reasons. So, okay, so <laughs> the Thirty Rockers went up my number three. So we'll, I, I, yeah. I think we should. Community is actually my okay. number three. So, um, so I know my top three list. That was like the only thing I was mm-hmm. confirmed about. Parks and Rec was my number one. Community is my number three. I think you guys can guess what my number yeah. two is. My no- but Community. The reason why my I'm, number sorry, two I, is actually Community. So. The only reason Community is not ranked higher is just because of how the second half of the series just went off the rails, essentially. And the top three, the three first three seasons are like what I love so much about it is in the second three seasons just completely negated everything that they worked for. But I really love that you know, Community is the one show that can like spoof on itself and like joke about parodies of sitcoms and movies and does such a good job of how they tell the story. And... Uh, there's just there's so much to say about the show. Show they're so funny. The characters are hilarious. The jokes are just like very very clever, and it's if you love sitcom and television and movies, you love this show. You you can't not. So I'm sure you guys have more to add. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have more to add. I love Community so much. It's how Maria and I actually discovered each other on TikTok. Just sharing community memes like back and forth and just like loving the show so much and uh i think that's one of the reasons why i love the show so much is that i think like the the fandom around it is probably what makes it the, like just like the best and like obviously like the characters are really good so some of the so, like some of the better like episodes of television that i've ever like watched like i can name so many episodes that <laughs> i i don't know i need more fingers on my hand to like to name all the great episodes but i feel like the reason why community is not number one on my list is the fact that i feel like six seasons in the movie actually kind of hurt community because it felt like it needed like it felt like it needed to fulfill that if you know what i mean interesting uh i think still think it's a great show but it's like six seasons in a movie i felt like it became like like when the sixth season came out i was just like i i I think I will come out and say I think the sixth the sixth season of the show is like the worst season of the show, like by far. So I agree that like they shouldn't have pushed the seasons. I actually think the worst enemy of the show was the fact that they took Dan Harmon off mm-hmm. of the show, and that's what kind of ruined it. Because like that's it's so obvious when he's not in the show anymore. And I think the whole like fact that I kind of blame I think the show almost was like the Icarus story, like it almost bit off so much that it could chew. Like it got so good. And so actually I blame a lot of things. There's oh gosh, this is opening a door. Okay. So I didn't like the fact that like, I think the hype around the show at the time when it was out was not that high. Like the fandom was definitely generated after the fact of the show. And for, for someone who was watching every episode, whenever it was coming out, there was just not enough ratings and no one talked about it. So it got canceled so many times. Dan, there were so many issues with uh, the cast members or mostly one specific cast member and the issues with, you know, Dan Harmon's writing because he wouldn't conform because, you know, he 
had a vision. He had this like way. So the whole inconsistency within the show, I feel like is what messed it up. And then that's why the whole 16 seasons in a movie started. And then them trying to like get back into the groove of what they were just never happened because like so many other things disrupted it. So agree to an extent, but I think that like the show was almost doomed from the start because of when it aired essentially and no one could appreciate it for what it was at that time. I think for me, I love community. It does not rank in my top 10 and only because, and I know this is going to be like complaining about the thing that the show is. It's almost too meta in a way that like, it doesn't exactly move me as opposed to all the other shows that would rank in my top 10 where I love the show and I marvel at it, but I marvel at like the technicality of it. The the fact that it could be Mm -hmm. created, like the fact that they got away with all that stuff or did that incredible themed episode times a hundred. You know what I mean? Um, For me, it's, and I know this isn't true for a lot of people that watch community. I never watched it where I was like super invested in the characters and the storyline. I was more like, what's the spectacle going to be this week? Like, what are they going to pull off? Yeah. You know? um, which I thought was incredible. And I think that's what, like, was what I was mentioning was that they did that and they had like a fan base for that, but it was not generated at a greater level. So I know a lot of people complained about it. Even like for my friends, they'd be like, it's just too meta for me. It's like, it's the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. And I, I didn't agree, of course, because I saw it in right. a different way, but I have definitely heard that before about the show. So, it's definitely a show. Like, if you have not watched the show and somehow you're listening to this podcast and you love television, you, you, you have gotta to watch it. it. Like, yeah, if you're you listening to, to this it. podcast and you haven't watched the show, then what's wrong it. with you? What's wrong? With you? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 very similar to how people see WandaVision because I met a lot of people that will watch WandaVision and I'm very confused by it. And it's like it's you either love it or you just you don't you don't. And yeah, I can agree with you to an extent. Like going back to like what you said about season four, where you feel like the the show kind of went off the rails with that. Like I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but like I still think that season six is the worst like season of the show because it felt like it was like season six. It felt like zombie community. Like it was just kind of like there, just kind of existing. Yeah, no, I agree. This is the season four season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, after season five, I stopped paying attention. Like, I think I watched it. I've watched season five and six once just to finish it, and I've never touched the show again. So, yeah, five and six are just like, I've purposely taken that out of my memory, like, blacked that out. So, I believe you that it's the worst because I've actively tried well, to forget I, it. <laughs> I think Yahoo tried to forget it too because Community has one thing <laughs> to its name that it single handedly took down an entire streaming service, Yahoo Screen. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's actually yeah. hilarious. Uh, Such power. But, but the thing that I love, I, like, I don't love season four, but the thing, the reason why I think season four is better than season six is the fact that, like, there are still some redeeming episodes to season four. Uh-huh. And what I think I've told you about, I think if we've talked about this already, Maria, like, off the record, is that, like, if the showrunners of season four actually, like, because the showrunners of season four, they, they've written really good like sitcoms before. I, I believe it was, um, uh, I forget I forget the name of it, but I felt like the, they fell into the trap of trying to mimic Dan Harmon. And if they... Act, exactly. They, if they actually like kind of fell into like like their own like mold and kind of made the show like their own, I think season four would actually be really good. Season six, I don't mm-hmm. think there's any redeeming qualities to, to it at all. Like you can't really... 
and that's I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but th- that's just that's just my opinion on that. Like, there's still so many good. Yeah. There's, there's a few g- good episodes in season four that actually uh, that I really love. I can't say that about season six. <laughs> I will say that, like, I did like a lot more of season four. Um, I think for me, the show ends when Troy leaves, and that's how I've ended the show in my head me in my too. memory. Uh, because it's just it, it would have been a great way to end the show if they ended it then. One other thing I will say, and this is calling me out too is someone said this to me, and I, I believe this very strongly, especially when it comes to the Rick and Morty fan fandom. I really love Dan Harmon's work. I don't really love the fans of Dan, Dan Harmon because I think, and just going off of Community, I feel like if the showrunners would have done their own thing in season four of Community, I think the fans would have just had an uproar, being like, you didn't stick to Dan Harmon's work. And it's the phenomenon of Dan Harmon. Like, he does great work, but it's only something he can mm-hmm. do. And I also really love how Rick and Morty, now that he has like nine seasons on contract with uh, Adult Swim, you can just tell that he's just doing everything he wished he could have done with Community with Rick and Morty mm-hmm. now. And it's a very interesting trickle effect. You can also see like hints of Rick and Morty in the last season of Community. That's the one thing I'll say. Like some com- um, Rick and Morty vibes with some of their characters towards the end. So yeah, I know this is... It definitely had a profound effect on Dan Harmon. Oh, I sure. say that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I know this is a wild tangent, but I don't know if anyone's ever seen the show um, Awkward on MTV, uh, where something similar happened, that the showrunner was fired from her own show, and they brought in these new showrunners, and I believe it was two people, um, something very similar to like what happened to Community. And you could just see that shift from one episode to the next, mm-hmm. where it felt like, same thing, in my opinion, that happened to Community, where they were trying to copy the sort of idiosyncrasies of the former writer, but didn't understand the heart of it. It just sort of like didn't uh, work out in execution. Mm-hmm. I think what I love about Community too, because it's one of the first shows, I can't believe that it is one of the first shows where I actually was like, like invested in like the behind the scenes. And also just like, like I was actually, I was reading articles about it and just like it, it like into the fandom of like, Oh, is it, is it coming back and stuff like that? And just like, I was into mm-hmm. like the showrunners of, of, of like the show and, and just I admire it for that just because like Dan Harmon is a very like eccentric person and just like he like he puts himself out there. And I feel like that's what kind of made what made the show like even better just because I'm not sure if both of you have listened to the Harmontown podcast. I haven't. I have not. Uh, well, that that podcast is very interesting because he actually played the infamous voicemail that got him fired like on the show on that podcast. Oh, oh. Oh, I would love to yeah, get that. Yeah, really interesting episode because the next episode after that is him kind of like talking about him being fired. I'm just like, oh wow, this guy has like no censor, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, he, he doesn't. Does he doesn't. Yeah, and what I'm, what, I don't know if you guys watch Rick and Morty, but like in each end of the the show, like the captions, they always show that like, little claymation. Mm-hmm. The claimation is to show his like where his status of his relationship, like when he was married, <laughs> when he was divorced, when That's he was great. single. Like I was like, wow, you're really putting it out there in claymation form. So no, he he really puts yeah. himself is, there. Um, also, I well, well, speaking of claymation, Community also has like one of the better <laughs> Christmas episodes that is claymation. Which, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> also I don't know if you if you I don't know if you guys watch Big Mouth. The Big Mouth is about to do a claymation episode Wait, in their what? new season. I think. <laughs> yeah, I just just throwing it out there. <laughs> it's just they 
sorry, they such just, a tangent. They such just tangent. changed like the animation style. I'm like, okay. <laughs> just watch the um, trailer for the new season coming out. You'll the ending will okay. surprise you. Uh, yeah. Uh, one more, one more thing about community that I forgot to add was that I really saw myself in the character Abed, and it was the first time I've actually related so much to a character in a sitcom ever. So that's another reason why community is just one of those shows that's always mm-hmm. going to have personally like soft spot in my heart was because I I'm basically odd that it's a as a person. So it was the first time I saw like a Muslim character on TV that wasn't like completely based off stereotypes or tropes and really think that said a lot about the show as well. And I, I think that what I appreciate about Abed is that I, I love that they address Abed's like mental illness, but they don't actually address it. But they, but it's not, it's mm-hmm. not like his mental illness is like a crutch. Like it's, I, I don't know, it, it like it makes his character, but it adds to it. It doesn't diminish it. And I, I think that that's what I've always like loved about the character of Abed. And I actually like, I'm the Abed of like my friend group too, where I'm just like, we all like are. We definitely are. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's weird because, like, when I first started watching Community, I saw myself as Jeff, like, a lot, which, which is because I felt like I was like the one person in the, in the group where I could talk myself, talk my way out of everything. But then I started looking into like Abed, and I'm just like, you know what? I think I'm more of a Abed actually, which is I, I don't know. It's yeah, it that show is so good. We could talk. We could do a whole podcast. <laughs> we, could, we could talk about it all day, actually. <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming the community is on your list, or it, it, it's, what, uh, you know? it's it's not my top ten. Yeah, I do apologize. Okay, it's okay. We yeah. understand. <laughs> we'll let it we, go. We understand. <laughs> wink, wink. We don't. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all have our moments. Yeah, but, maybe um, tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Michael, what's uh, uh, what's your next show? Um, I'm gonna throw another wrench, and it's my final one. Um, yeah. because I, I kept thinking, you know, like what about, like I said before, what about a kids show? What about this? And the next thing I thought of was, was what about a web series? Um, because I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, like the early, like, like you know, when YouTube started becoming a really big thing, 2010 to 2015 ish, that type of era. Um, there were a lot of web series. And the one that resonated with me the most is The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, which is where oh, Issa yeah. Rae got her start. Issa Rae's start, um, yeah. And truth be told, this is honestly one of my favorite shows. I It is definitely a show that resonated with me a lot. I think I already said that. But one where I really saw myself in the show, I think if anyone out there just identifies as awkward or feels pain during socially awkward moments. This is a show that you should watch. I think it's very Seinfeldian. I think it's brilliant in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong. It's very rough. It is a web series. But I really think the characters are great, even though the writing might be rough at times. I do think it, um, it makes great use of those awkward moments. Um, and it's really short. It's a really fast watch as well. And it's one of those shows that has made me laugh out loud um, multiple times. So even though it's a web series, even though it was free on YouTube, um, it's one I think about a lot. At least weekly, I think about a scene or a joke from the show. So The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. I've never actually seen it. 
I love Issa Rae, so I've been meaning to watch this, and you basically sold it to me just now. So I, I, anything yeah. I can do. <laughs> I have a huge list of shows I need to watch. Right, now. Yeah, exactly. You could thank you could thank me for for like extending our list even more. So, uh, but I've never actually seen this show. But like you told, like I'll repeat what Maria just said. Like I'll like you totally sold me on this show. Like I said, anything I can do. I will put that disclaimer. It's a very rough show. The second season is less rough because they had like Pharrell come in as a producer and all that great stuff. There are a lot of more polished web series of that era, like the Guild, maybe. Um, yes. But this is a show that you can sort of feel. What I really appreciate about the show is that the community, at least at the time, as we were watching live, felt very connected with all the people behind the scenes as well, because mm-hmm. we it just felt like it was your friend making a show and you wanted to support them as you were watching it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, That's so it, cute. And so for that as well, I just really enjoyed the community at the time. Um, and I loved watching Issa Rae's success because I thought she deserved it. Mm-hmm. She's, She's so really good. good. She's so, yeah. yeah, one of the funniest writers of our time. I, I love that you mentioned the guild mm-hmm. in there too, just because uh, I, I love that you put a web series on there, just because I didn't even think about putting a web series like in the like a sitcom like list, but like web series are sitcoms too. It's like yeah, I had to throw you off. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Point. Yeah, you did. You have been throwing us off yeah, very well. You've been throwing so many wrenches. You've been bioshocking your way it's through this It's all podcast. wrench. It's all <laughs> wrench. This top ten list is just thanks to the yeah. with this the yeah. the cover art for this podcast will just be Michael in the in the bioshock suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a wrench. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely going to have to check that one out because I I've heard of Issa Rae. I will admit i have watched very much of her stuff but i've heard so many great things about about her that insecure yeah. her show insecure is really good i would say i guess start with that and then go or would you recommend well, the other way around is it Michael? the final episode tonight the, uh, the series finale starts tonight. It, the final season starts tonight it's probably airing right now as yeah. we're recording this. right now right. I, I, I your tiktok was amazing about <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it definitely triggered me a bit because i'm just like oh my god oh my god no no it's a show that i really like watching while being on twitter which i think could be its own genre but the reaction the live reactions <laughs> um that people oh are they're so, so good, great so good i would yeah. recommend starting with the web series only because like i said it's kind of like rough and then you get the polished version of the same thing you know mm-hmm. what i mean as opposed to going backwards right um yeah, I've heard that like Insecure is basically just the web series again, and that's why I haven't checked out yeah. the web series. I I wouldn't disagree okay. with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that mm-hmm. but it's a it's a solid pick. But thank you, mm-hmm. Maria. I think I know what your number one is. So, and I think my number one is actually Parks and oh, Rec. Okay. My number two, you probably uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I know what your next one is because mine's probably going to be the same one. Are we on top three or top four? Like, I have two shows left. Because I can throw another one out there before. Um, I totally forgot. We're, like, <laughs> we're, we're still off the rails at this point. Uh, but but um, my next show is The Good Place. Like, And it's my nice. number one. Okay. I debated putting Community there. But I think mm-hmm. The Good Place is mm-hmm. like... The Good Place is so good. Drew Goddard is is like a Fair, master yes. at ju- he's Fair a master good. at just world building and just establish and creating characters that 
to interact with each other. And I love that the show changes throughout each season, but it changes for the benefit of the story. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably one of my favorite, like Kristen Bell, like, like I know, I I know I love Kristen Bell too, but like, I think that the good place is her best performance Mm -hmm. uh, out of everything that she's done. And I, I know we're probably going to spend like the next 30 minutes on the good place, but, but, uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, like the show, the show is so good. I, I, yeah. I, I love it so much. It's like what, what it has to say about like exist, uh, existent, I can't talk. If I could talk, what it has to say about just like life in general and just like what it means to be a person and what it means to like be a good person. Agreed. Is mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. And I, like the the final season, I was crying. Like it, mm-hmm. it's the one oh, yeah. sitcom where I can where I admit that I shed a tear, and it's like the show's so beautiful. What do you guys think? Whatever you guys, I can go off about the show for a while, but I don't know if Michael wants to say something first. Well, the only thing I, I wanted to say to my monologue, I, I, I think that <laughs> if you haven't watched The Good Place and you're listening to this, you should log off because I think it's a show you should go in yeah. not knowing anything about. But I I will let Maria mm-hmm. go go for it. Yes, you have the floor. <laughs> so. So the reason why I have such like a soft spot for The Good Place is because I watched the first season when it was on Netflix completely. I binged it and I was not into it. I will admit it. Like the first season I was watching it, I've actually only watched Kristen Bell and like some things. Party Down was the only time I got to really like her essentially. So first time watching her as a new character, big fan of Ted Danson, but everyone else was a new character. I'm just watching it. And then that ending of that series, just of that season one, just was like, what? <laughs> And then since then, it's just always just blown me away and always changed. And the reason why The Good Place kind of, the reason why it's not number one for me and it's not number two is because I don't, it's, it's in itself its own category of a show in my head because I have this like Michael Schur, we know that he's done The Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place. And like in every series, he tries to make friendships the cornerstone of the show. And I think The Good Place it did this nice little flip where the sitcom, you know, it's a situational comedy where they, the place and where they're at stays the same, but the situation changes, like what's going on. But the good place was the first time where the cast and the people and their relationship was this, like the solid part and would stay the same, even if the situation changed. And I really love how they like flipped the script and made it all about character growth and development and as I mentioned before, I feel like this is like the new age of comedy where they focus on the relationships and the character development. So there's many reasons to love The Good Place. The fact that they have moral philosophy as like a running theme of the show and we were into it. The fact that they're a character, they're in crazy situations, but you're into it. What it says about humanity and people. But I just love that for as for a show that's supposed to be a sitcom, it did so, it took so many risks and it landed beautifully. And I just, I really love the show. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could have said it better. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Veronica Mars. It's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. So I'll watch Kristen Bell in anything. She's garnered that much goodwill, in my opinion, um, for me. And I think I might be remembering this correctly, but we, as we know in this podcast, my history with Michael Schur trivia is not great. But she guested on Parks and Rec. And then from there, Michael oh, Schur yeah, was like, I want to create a show for you. Something like that, um, I believe is correct. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's actually yeah, really and um, and so I was gonna check out the show no matter what, and then I did, and that twist—one of the best twists, probably mm. the best twist 
in TV. Well, I can't go that far, but probably top three at least in TV history completely changed my view of the show, even though I loved it uh, mm-hmm. as I was watching in season one. And what I think the show does best, you know, beyond like uh, trying to describe what it means to be a good person and all that great stuff um, is the fact that the show works on a like that mystery level as well, where you're really engaged in what's going to happen next. And they're not afraid to like churn and burn through storyline, which I really loved. Every yeah. season sort of rebooted itself um, and was a completely different thing. And I really liked that about the show. It never got stale. And I think, again, we don't know if I'm right or wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the show was conceived as like a five season show. And then at the beginning of season four, right before it started breaking for season four, they were like, you know what? I think we're done. And I really respect that about the show as well. I think that I was going to say, I know that he wanted, I knew what he wanted as an end, but like, I think that he didn't decide the end until he had started shooting season right. four. So that sounds about right. Um, and that's what I loved about it too, is because they took a lot of risks with this season, with the whole change. They, I think the end of season one and then the second episode of season two, where they just, cause I was expecting going into season two that, okay, they're going to do the same formula of like Michael right, setting up right. this universe, putting them through all these, uh, like, you know, tortures. But then see that second episode, he, they just burned through thousands of like simulations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, so that plot's done. Okay. Now what? So they did a very, they took a risk with that. And I have so much respect for any show taking risk and pushing it so much further. And I think it's one of the only shows, at least present day, that has done something so drastic when it's plot with its own storyline and story structure. It, so I look. Uh, we mentioned like before, like earlier on this podcast, I know we're two hours in, like I'm calling back to something that we <laughs> talked about 20 minutes in, but like, Michael, you mentioned that like a show shouldn't have value and like rewatchability. Like, like it's like, but you should, we should watch a show like at its time and like it, like it should hold like in that time, if I'm saying that correctly. But I think what makes the good place like even better is its rewatchability and mm. the fact that like when you mm-hmm. know like after you watch like the season and you go back and rewatch season one which is what i'm doing right now is yeah. when you know like that they're in like the bad place this entire time spoilers spoiler alert is <laughs> is is it, like it makes the show even better it makes like i started thinking like ted danson's like character is like actually a, like a genius like like he like the yeah. way he's like creating like this world to be like actual real life and like that real life is like hell and like you're just like you're just living like your ordinary life but with like these little quirks that you that you absolutely hate yeah I, like I, I i absolutely love it that the show actually even went there <laughs> going off of marley said it's the one show where i am like i insist everyone rewatches it because you have to rewatch it. <laughs> like, especially after you've seen the whole show, it gets better with rewatchability. I think it's one of those shows that the jokes just land better. They actually, when it comes to callbacks, no one does it better like the show. And season one, I had loved dissecting everything Michael does to secretly mm-hmm. torture them. And like, I picked up on it. So I would, if you, especially if you love the mystery of the show, go back and rewatch it at least the first season because you'll just pick up so much and understand so much you'll pick up jokes better and like jokes will be funnier because of it because of how much it comes up again. And if you don't really rewatch shows, this is the one time I would say make an exception and rewatch the show. It's funny. It'll make, it'll be better. It's funny because I don't really rewatch shows, but this is one show where I've watched, I've rewatched several episodes of season one. Okay, I haven't watched it all the way mm-hmm. through, but season one, I have watched a, 
a couple of times, at least several episodes of it. I I think when you when you rewatch like the Good Place too, and just seeing like all the characters where you where you know like like the the demons are like playing like a human character, and you're just seeing like all the quirks, it makes like those human characters like even funnier. That it's like these mm-hmm. the, the like the these underlings that are like trying to be like human so much, but they don't understand what being a human is like. I I, I think that I don't know. I'm laughing out to see like all these characters interact. I think it's great. But mm-hmm. but yeah, the good place. If 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 you're two hours into this and you you haven't, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like Michael. You said that like just stop the podcast right now. Watch the good place and then come back. So watch the good place. Yeah. One yeah. last thing about the good place I definitely want to mention is that even though the whole show was really great, there were also like episodes of the show that were absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm thinking about the episode where Darcy Carden plays every single character. Oh. Will stand out, in my opinion, it's of one so of the best good. episodes so good. ever. So good. It's so good. One of the best ones. Yeah. I cannot believe she didn't get any. I can't believe it. I'm, it's a crime that she didn't get an award yeah, for Yeah, it's episode. definitely a crime that she didn't get nominated, at least. It's like. Oh, she, she, yeah, yeah she I don't think nominated. she was even nominated. And I'm like, that that's the one thing about like the Emmys is like, like they're, well, we can go, we can have a whole podcast about that, but like where, oh, yeah. like their musical comedy, like category, it's like, what is actually a comedy? What's actually a musical? It's just like, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah. they, they, they love Ted Lasso well, though. They love Ted Lasso. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny that you brought up uh, the Emmys because I remember The Good Place was nominated at the same time with Schitt's Creek and I love The Good Place more than Schitt's Creek, but like Schitt's Creek won everything and I just assumed a lot of people didn't watch The Good Place because they didn't understand how profoundly amazing mm-hmm. it was and yeah, they they definitely look for a certain type of show when it comes to the Emmys, mm-hmm. I've realized. And I think that, uh, maybe I'm getting conspiratory, uh, conspiracy <laughs> theory right now, but <laughs> Why no, not? Throw it out there. I, I think yeah. I, I think that maybe not a lot of people watch The Good Place because of NBC, and like ever since like that Thursday comedy lineup that was absolutely golden. Oh yeah. A lot of people weren't really drawn to like NBC comedies after after that, and I'm just. Yeah, that's true. Because I know that Brooklyn Nine Nine like was lost on NBC, and like Fox picked it up, and then it went back to NBC. So like, there's definitely been some, I guess, different feelings about it compared to what it used mm-hmm. to be. Which. By the way, like I've made a TikTok about this, but that uh, that Thursday comedy lineup with The Office, Thirty Rock, Gold. Community, and mm-hmm. Parks and Rec, I think that might actually be one of the better sitcom lineups in television history. It's really sad because like NBC um, also created like Friends, Seinfeld, like all these like really well known shows. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't have that reputation yeah. anymore. Well, they definitely don't. I can't what? really name like a like a show on NBC that. I actually, yeah. One last thing, about <laughs> just because like we have to mention it. Um, it has some of the best BIPOC representation mm-hmm. in TV, probably because it's the first time they're not playing tropes or stereotypes mm-hmm. ever, and they're part of the main cast. And like, yeah, they kind of picked one out of every like you know group, but like they did a very good job. It's one of the most like I wish there was a little bit more like queer representation, but they did make sure to like have some sort of different like voice out there. It wasn't just yeah. a bunch like one token character that stood out and then they defied their tropes and their usual like role that they play and I really appreciate a lot of that about the show. I yeah, um, I I agree with you to a little to an extent, 
I was a little bit worried when I first started watching the show and the character of um, Jason Mendoza. Like when his first character, I was like, oh, no, is the show actually going to go there? Yeah. And then when you find out Mm -hmm. who like who he actually is, I was just like, I think it might be actually be like, I know like when we're talking about the greatest twist ever in a sitcom, I I think that twist is actually like comes uh, it's there's a close second there because I it's yeah it, like the way they tie it all to, all together where like it's like this weird dude from Florida that's really dumb. He's a himbo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Florida man. The Florida man's actually in this TV show. <laughs> but but yeah, but yeah, the good place is really good. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that's, but that's my number one. I know we're not going off, going off by rankings, but, uh, yeah. It's a good number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very solid yeah. number one. But Michael, do you have a final show? I somehow have two shows left on my list and I have oh, no okay. idea how that happened. So I will say both of them, I guess, uh, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one show on my list is one day at a time on um, the reboot. And um, speaking of like representation, all that great stuff, this is like the first Latino sitcom that I've seen where I was like, oh, my God, this feels like my like my family or like people I know. It feels like my community just absolutely incredible. And since we're like confessing when we've cried, I've definitely I remember being in a, a plane and watching an episode of the show on my phone and just like embarrassed that people next to me could see me shedding a tear like oh my god nobody look at me but the show was just absolutely that funny and just that heartfelt um i really love it and i actually think the final season of the show which is only six episodes and six episodes and is not streaming anywhere which is a crime is one of the best season like funniest seasons of a show i've ever watched and we were talking earlier but i don't want to speak for everyone that we wish there were like older shows on our list um, I definitely wish there was like a Norman Lear era show on my list. I just haven't watched anything from that time. Maybe mm-hmm. like a Cheers or an I Love Lucy. Um, but mm-hmm. one day at a time, definitely, you know, Norman Lear still uh, produced the show. I mean, and has that energy to it. Uh, like just having difficult conversations, but also being incredibly funny. Um, and I really love, I really loved it. Um, I love it a lot. I've only started the show recently and I really like it so far. I've heard many great things about it. Yeah. So it's, I can see and I already can feel that it's going to have like such a profound impact. It's fantastic. And then I don't know how I still have two left, but I, I've got to mention friends. I'm sorry. I know it's very basic, but <laughs> so I, have have to. To. So I have to, I have to. It's the first yeah. time I realized that television was kind of a thing, if that makes sense. Um, again, it was a show that I watched way too young. It's a show that like I saved up Christmas and birthday money to buy DVDs. And I don't know if you guys remember, but like, buying seasons of shows were very expensive back in the yes. day. It was like, yeah, it was, like 60 yeah. bucks or something like that for a season yeah. of a show, which is a lot. So I'd always go to the record store and go to the used section and get it for like 20 mm-hmm. bucks. That's so smart. Um, and yeah. sometimes it were scratched, but I still have my DVDs. And I cherish them because they're the original edits of the show, which don't exist anywhere else with like unaired footage um, with every episode. And I do think, even though it is basic, I do think the chemistry of the cast on Friends is almost unmatched in a lot of sitcoms. I think they work so well uh, against each other. I think their comedic timing is absolutely fantastic. I want to say justice for David Schwimmer because I think he's one of the best physical comedians we've ever seen on screen and yeah it's just one of those shows that it's definitely the show i've rewatched the most 
not all the way through, but when it comes on TV, sometimes I watch it. Not as many as much these days, but mm-hmm. definitely back in the day when it would rerun. Well, on my local WB station, which no longer exists, RIP WB. And I also there was I, a time where it used to rerun on every like network yeah, yeah. at it's, one it's point. All the time. I remember it's like, running all yeah. The time. And then really quickly, I just want to say rest in peace to James Michael Tyler, who died either today or recently, who played Gunther on Friends. Just read, saw that news before we started recording. Um, but just to show that I think even though people dislike it, does stand the test of time for a reason. I think it's just completely well done. The chemistry between that cast um, was really good. And I completely agree with you on that. Friends definitely should does deserve a spot. Again, it's one of those shows that like, I was just picking between shows like it to see which one would be on my top mm-hmm. 10 but before recently i think friends would have been on my list because i love this show there's great chemistry great jokes chandler bang is just he's just the perfect when it comes to relating to awkward people you you cannot <laughs> relate to chandler right. bang and um phoebe is just an icon in herself so i completely understand i just I don't know what it was. I think recently because of like all the backlash and like how it just didn't age well, it just kind of soiled my experience with the show, unfortunately, which it shouldn't have because like you, I agree with you that the show at the time is what's most important, but it's unfortunately I tainted my own memory of the show with just thinking about it too much. So I blame that on me when it comes to the show, but it, what it does, it makes such a, this is whenever TV became such a big deal. I think TV before this wasn't taken seriously. And then Friends did everything that TV, no one expected television to do. They made like a million dollars per episode or something. Yeah. They actually like had people like wanting to watch the season series, season finales. There's just such, so much hype with Friends that no other television show had done at that time. Yeah. So in a way it changed television. I yeah. think so too. And there's, there's a lot to criticize about the show. Like I wish the show weren't as white as it is. Uh, which is kind mm-hmm. is very ridiculous, but um, just underscoring your point, the fact that I think the finale was like the fourth most watched episode of television ever. Um, yeah, it definitely definitely changed the game a little bit, at least. Yeah, uh, I I agree with like both of you. Like, I don't uh, like Friends is not on my list at all. Like, but I do recognize that like it's one of the greater shows of all time and like one of the greater sitcoms of all time just because of like what what it was able to do i think the th- the thing that's kind of spoiled friends for me was that I-, I don't know just like the memes around friends like now that's just so much like in pop culture and just social media like today it's kind of like corrupted like me like enjoying like like the show mm-hmm. friends like the fact that where there's a meme now of like people clapping like to the intro. Like it's I know that's it it like that's such a harmless meme, but it's just like whenever something is like on social media like that, it's hard it's hard for me to like break away from that and stuff like that. And um I don't know. Michael, not trying to make fun of your shirt, but whenever <laughs> whenever whenever there's a show and they make apparel of it. And I can buy that apparel in Walmart or Target. I usually don't like that show very much. And yet the office was. Yeah, on but it's number ten. It's number <laughs> 10. But 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 I'm but okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like whenever I see, like Rick and Morty, like Rick and Morty's not on my list. But if I oh, see yeah. if I see like a Rick and Morty shirt like in Walmart, and I see people walking around with Rick and Morty shirts that probably have never seen the show, I like it. It kind of bothers me a little bit. But 
Yeah, that's why Rick and Morty was going to make my list. <laughs> but yeah, great pick. and Very solid yeah. pick, yeah. But yeah. Um, I also have one more that I that like on my list that hasn't been mentioned, and I know you guys might not watch this show, but if you've seen my content, you know I love the show. Bob's Burgers had to be on my list because nice, nice. I love that show so much. When it comes to like a wholesome family sitcom that's very hot, like has ridiculous characters, but has like some of the best one line jokes, jokes per minute. Bob's Burgers is one of them. Um, it also has great representation for like the queer community and gender fluidity, and also just like socioeconomic statuses also like unexpected plot twists it just ha- it has it all so it's like i would say not simpsons worthy but it's up there for animated mm-hmm. shows in my opinion yeah so solid pick i haven't i watched like a full season of bob's burgers but whenever i watch like episodes like here and there like i usually always have a good time like bob's bob's burgers is is is, is really solid i i love the animation and i love like just just the just the writing in general Agree. I have. I don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, if if people have made it two hours in to this podcast, <laughs> it's uh, I, I commend them. I commend them that they were able to listen to three people just nerd out about like some of the, their favorite sitcoms of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. But I yeah, have fun. This is this was a train wreck, but it was a good train wreck. So it's like, uh, just like Nick from New Girl. Y- yes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. See how did that call back like Arrested Development? <laughs> that was such a good <laughs> yeah, callback. Look at that. This is basically a sitcom right, right here. It definitely, mm-hmm. it definitely is a sitcom. It's the most bottle episode yeah. sitcom ever. <laughs> Which is, no, I'm, I'm would be really proud. surprised we didn't mention like bottle episodes like from Community or any of these shows that we've mentioned. But. I mean, we could have, but we were already yeah, two no, hours yeah. in. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, but uh, if people have forgotten where you, where you guys are from, do you want to just promote like your TikTok accounts one more time? <laughs> and, well, if you liked any of the shows we just mentioned, <laughs> you, you should follow me on TikTok. My name is Call Me by This Name Maria. Mm-hmm. I talk a lot about the Good Place, so please watch the Good Place before you watch <laughs> any of my content. And Unless I'm you want Michael... get... yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Michael Bakuyado on TikTok. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're two lovely human beings, and like you should be following them. If you're not following them, you're a bad person. You're a bad should. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, negative points. Negative, yeah, negative, yeah, negative, negative good place points. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, anyways, thank you yeah, for, no, having for having us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this was yeah, so. Sorry that we're all over the place, no, but this no, was this great. this is great. Thank you for being on. And, uh, yeah. And we are signing off. <laughs> All right. I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. See you. Peace out. <laughs>